This is a thermal detonator that I just armed. That's a rock. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And you just made a clicking sound with your mouth. Please tell me this isn't your plan. No, this is. Welcome to another exciting bonus edition of the Mandavision Podcast. Again, it is May the 4th. We are here to celebrate Star Wars, which again, we do every time we release an episode of the show, but it's May the 4th, and that requires more. That requires something special, and I think we've come up with a fun one for you all. So I'm really excited to get into this one. It's, it's, I mean, listen, you probably already looked at what we're doing here. It's on your feed. It's probably in the name of the episode. I can't wait to talk to you about Solo. I can't wait. I'm so freaking excited. But let's get everything out of the way first. You know what you got to do? Find us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. And hey, let's just put it out there right now. Five-star reviews. They're awesome. They're so helpful. We truly love it when you take the time to do that. Thank you in advance for doing so. All right, like I said, this is the May the 4th special Star Wars show. I'm sure there's 45,000 podcasts that are doing uh, Star Wars May the 4th episodes today. And I'm so, so happy and thankful that you have elected to download, stream, listen to this one. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, As I mentioned before, and as you probably saw in the feed, we are here to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story, the the origin of, of... my favorite character, Han Solo, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get into this. We're going to talk with one of our good friends, one of our, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of collaborators on, on, on this podcast, but this one will be back for the second time. Uh, we're we're going to have our good friend Reagan from the Come On, It's So Good show uh, come and hang out with us, and uh, if, if things go according to plan, I'm going to be on their show for their May the 4th episode as well, also about Solo. So <laughs> it's going to be an interesting conversation of twice <laughs> we'll see how this goes he and i are both curious how this is going to shake out for both of our shows uh, but we both both had the same idea and neither one of us wanted to change our minds so we're doing it we're gonna see what happens uh it's gonna be a hoot and let me kind of give a little backstory here a little history of, of my time with solo 
Uh, and I'm sure I'll talk about this with Reagan because I'll probably need to refresh his memory a little bit on it too. Uh, but a million years ago when, when Solo first came out, and I, I want to say that was in, in 16 or 17, um, I, I wasn't super enamored with it uh, in, in first on my first viewing of it. It um, you know it was a movie that had a lot of production issues. You know everyone very very famously knows about uh, Lord and Miller getting fired as directors of the movie. Uh, Ron Howard being brought on board and and, and reshooting I think something like eighty percent of the movie. Um, uh, one actor had to be replaced because he couldn't come come back to do the reshoot, so they had to bring in. Uh, uh, um, Oh my gosh, I'm already blanking on his now. Paul Bettany. They had to bring in Paul Bettany to be the be, to be Drayden Voss in the new version, the Ron Howard version of the movie. Uh, so it, it was a movie with very public production issues, and and I don't know if that sort of t- uh, tainted my initial viewing experience, but I think also I, I think like I've talked about in this podcast before, I think I also suffered from the burden of expectations. I think I had really really high expectations for what I thought this movie was going to be, uh, and it it, it didn't live up to what happened in, in what I wanted in my head. I felt like at the time, I felt like it was a little too fan servicey. They were trying to fit too many things into the movie to, to like they had to explain like far too many elements of, of Han Solo's life in one movie where in my opinion, I was like, like, Jesus, just, just let it breathe. Just let Han be Han and, and we'll get to all these things in due course. And I, I sort of felt like they needed to cram in a lot of extra stuff that I, I was like, I'm not prepared for this. Like you didn't need to tell me why the Millennium Falcon's uh, hyperdrive engine is so quirky. Um, you know, things like that. But again, that was uh, me in a different place in a different time. And I, I had, uh, uh, there were some stressors in my life at that point too, that maybe were hindering my enjoyment of the film. Uh, but once the movie came out on, on, on uh, Blu-ray and it became available to watch on, on streamers, I think it was on this, it was pre Disney plus, And I think I was watching it on either Netflix or Amazon prime. It was on one of them. Uh, and I just, I would just throw it on while I was doing things around the house or just kind of getting on with my day because I, I was like, I, I think in, in my heart of hearts, I knew there was something in the movie that I liked. And again, even, even on the first viewing, even when I didn't like the film that much, I still liked elements of it. I still liked uh, Alden Ehrenreich and I still liked uh, Junus as, as Chewbacca and like all the things were there. Um, and it took subsequent viewings and every viewing, every time I watched the movie, I became more and more enamored with it and, and more, I had more and more fun watching it. And, and so it became a, a movie that over time, over, over multiple viewings, really became one of my favorites. And I, I do really, really like it. And I think one of the things I think it's, it's overlooked, and we'll talk about this with, with Reagan as well, is that it's, it's, it's just a fun Star Wars story. Like not everything has to have the gravitas of you know, the Death Star looming over our heads or the, 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 the dawn of, you know, the Skywalker saga stuff or the, or the dawn of the rebellion necessarily. Like, you can just have fun Star Wars. You know, we're starting to see that now on Disney Plus with, with Boba Fett and The Mandalorian and these elements to the show that, like, are, you know, interesting and dramatic, but fun. Just really, really fun. Like, there's moments of just pure joy and, and, and entertainment on those shows and I think Solo did it first and, and maybe in a way sort of helped set the table for those shows in, in, in regards to some of the tonal things that they were trying to do uh, later on uh, so, I, so I think in many ways Solo was a bit ahead of its time uh, it, I know it, it only made 47 trillion dollars worldwide but apparently that wasn't enough for, for Disney to do a second one at least not theatrically I'm still holding a hope that maybe it'll be a Disney Plus series maybe we'll do that, that Underworld show that I've talked about for so so long I'd love to see that so much um, 
but yeah, for whatever reason, it, it's still sort of regarded as, as this like redheaded stepchild of Star Wars. But it had a lot of things working against it. Again, it had very public production issues that that maybe people were like, oh, well, this movie's gonna be crap then, and, you know. So it kept them out of the theaters. Uh, but it also, you know, there was talk at the time of there being Star Wars fatigue because it was only like I think it was three months after the Last Jedi had come out that they put Solo in theaters, and and there was like this sort of notion that people were tired of Star Wars, which I don't think was the case at all. <laughs> Personally, I mean, the more Star Wars, the better. That's, that's what we say in this podcast. Um, but but yeah, so there there are some factors, and I think if people go back now, and I know I know I'm talking to the right people here on, on Mandavision, you all know this is a great film. It's a lot of fun. Again, you don't need that gravitas of the Skywalker saga. You don't need, you know, Jedi and 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 uh, Sith fates hanging in the balance sort of scenarios. Like you can just have a fun story set in the Star Wars universe, and that's what we get in this one. And uh, again, it's it's a film that I think it's overlooked. It 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 it's not without problems. It's not flawless by any means. I don't want to go onto that. It still has a couple of little quirks in it that I'm like, eh, I'm not, that's not, I'm not the craziest about that element to this movie, but by and large, I am a fan of this flick. I like the things they did in it. I, I think Ron Howard came on board and told a really solid Star Wars story. Alden Ehrenreich is Han Solo. He's fantastic. Uh, Junis uh, Suntamo steps in as Chewbacca and he's fantastic as Chewie. Woody Harrelson is Beckett. Amelia Clark is Kira. Donald Glover, is great as Lando Calrissian. Come on. Tandaway Newton is Val. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is L337. Paul Bettany comes in as Drayden Voss. John Favreau is Rio. Uh, Aaron Kellerman is Infant's Nest. And you got some great great little cameos too. You know, Linda Hunt's in this. Uh, 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 Warwick Davis is one of the characters at the end. Uh, just, it's, it's a fun, fun flick. And I don't think uh, we can have any more said about it <laughs> at this particular moment without getting into the movie proper. And so with that being said, let's do that. Let's head over to our conversation. Let's link up with Reagan and discuss Solo, a Star Wars story. It's time. Don't think I wasn't going to do it. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. All right. Corsica Castle is set. Plugging coordinates in now. Just keep your pinky on the yoke. Try not to mess anything up. Whatever you say, my lady. Just let me know when you're ready to jump. Ready and... Ready. It's just a simple jump to hyperspace and we're there? What's so tricky about that? Plenty. Can't plot a direct course to Kessel. You have to thread through the Sakata cluster and then pass through the Maelstrom. You done flirting? I'm still ready. You might wanna buckle up, baby. Joining us now, all the way from Laurel, Maryland, it's my good friend, my bestie, my BFF, my co-pilot, for the day, Reagan from the Come On Is So Good podcast. How are you doing, brother? Good. Uh, greetings, programs. <laughs> if only Ryan were here to give us a, a hello there. Yeah, a hello there. Or, I mean, a big eye roll. You guys don't get to see it a lot when we're recording. Get a lot of eye rolls from that side of the room. <laughs> well, we are here to celebrate May the 4th be with you because, hey, may the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. Yeah. And it's a it's a fun day for us Star Wars lovers to 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 congregate and and let our just let it all out just just right. be awesome Star Wars fans and put it out there on Front Street for everyone to deal with. Like, That's right. Look, look at us, world. Hey, look <laughs> at us. We're awesome, and look you're not. Us. And I love it. And I love it. And today we're focused. We wanted to do uh, something fun and, and different from the show. Break up break up the the Star Wars Clone Wars rewatch and and you know kind of. I don't know if this, this necessarily will heighten our anticipation for Kenobi, but, I mean, come on. How much more heightened can we get? 
not I mean very excited for it. Very excited. Very excited. But Can't I, wait. But we're really excited to talk about what I think might be one of the most underrated Star Wars property or properties stories yet. And and that is uh what twenty seventeen's solo a Star Wars story with Alden yes. Ehrreich stepping in very admirably taking on the role of Han Solo. Yeah, he got a lot of hate. He did. For, and he does such a great job. His his performance is far more nuanced than I gave it credit for the first time I yes. saw the flick. But every time I see it now, like he just charms the heck out of me. He's really good in it. And I hated him at first, too, because of who he was replacing. Yeah. It's it's not a good quality in me. It's something I'm I'm actively working on. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I talk about that in the in the opening of the show, like how the first time I saw this movie, I had problems with it, and I think they they were my own problems because I'm very I'm kind of set in my ways, and seeing someone yeah. else be Han Solo was 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 challenging at first, and they kind of do some things in the film that I'm not crazy about, but again, there's something about this movie though that it the more I watched it, you know, when it came, especially when it was on like Amazon or Netflix or whatever it was when it first hit streaming, yeah, yeah, know, before Netflix, Disney, I believe. And I would just watch the crap out of it, and it just worked its way into my heart. And now I can't let go of it. I, I, I really take a lot of enjoyment out of this flick. I, I, I went and watched this with my wife mm-hmm. opening day, as I did you know, back then with Star Wars movies when they would put movies in theaters. And I was not that excited about it after watching. I was like, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But w- when it came to streaming and I watched it again, I was like, oh, I really liked that. And then I watched it again a few months later. I was like, I really like this movie. And now it's in a heavy rotation. It's a, a if you're doing an essential Star Wars, you know, machete cut, it, it's definitely included in between the two, you know, the first two trilogies. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And if, if any listeners out there want to go back, I mean, if you go to the TomCast podcast feed, you'll find my initial review of the episode from when it came out. And I was, I was with two, two of my friends, Jeff and Casey, and we picked a lot of nits with that movie. Um, cause like, because like you, when I first saw it, I, yeah, it, it didn't knock my socks off at first. I, I, I think right. I had to have a brain realignment, <laughs> as, as it were, for my expectations. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, I'm, I'm happy to admit my first take on this movie is completely wrong. I, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like again, there's some uh, there's some some minor things here and there, but by and large, this movie is really underrated. I think anybody who uh, maybe watched it one time and dismissed it should go back and check it out again. Uh, absolutely. You know, Alden does a great job. Uh, uh, we got a great new Lando in this, who's going to get uh, his own show apparently. Donald Glover can't amazing. wait. Can't wait for that. That can't happen soon enough for me. No, you you got a, a fun Chewbacca. We get to explore Han and Chewie's beginning of their relationship. Yeah, uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Beckett. As Beckett is great. Yes, another character that really has, has worked his way into, into into my soul. The more I watch the flick. Yes, you, you want more time with Beckett or a prequel. It, that's one of my, my the things I don't like about this movie is you don't get enough time. To, to really get to know, like, Val mm-hmm. and Beckett and their relationship. It's, it's I wish they had spent less time with, you know, instead of just saying three years later. Right. Have Han, you know, go a year later, and then he hooks up with Beckett and Val. And then two two more years pass, yeah. and they're on this the train job then. But, you know, we they would have had a chance to build a bond instead of everything happening so quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, 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 have you seen the? Have you watched the deleted scenes? I haven't, but I've read the books, and I was looking at them today okay. for the first time. I haven't watched it on Disney Plus yet, mm-hmm. and all the deleted scenes. A lot of the deleted scenes, there's things I was going to bring up about the book, and okay. I was like, "Oh, they shot them." I can't wait after this podcast to go watch them. Yeah, because I w- I'd really like to see the stuff. Uh, I mean, you can see them in the deleted scenes. Uh, Han at the inca- yeah. at the at the at the, the, academy. At the academy. I haven't watched it, but I, I was going to say there's a lot more academy stuff in the book mm-hmm. of him being a great pilot. But just crashing the fucking Tie Fighters all the time. Yeah, and they they did a they did a comic book series to kind of oh, fill in that that gap too. Did I get you? Yeah, I cussed. I lost already. <laughs> like this podcast is like eight <laughs> minutes old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, okay, so let me ask you this question, and because I think this maybe will help kind of shape why why we had uh, harsher first opinions of the movie. Is Han Solo your favorite character? He's he's up there. He's <laughs> he's one of the most iconic characters in all of cinema. Yeah, it, it's he's a you know if you become like a Han Solo type character, you're you're pretty well known. So it's a hard. It's is it Harrison Ford because Indiana Jones is also. That type of character, and when they were going to put Chris Pratt in that, people were like, "Oh, I don't know." Right, right. I like Chris Pratt a lot. <laughs> when this is Indiana Jones, like this is sacred, and I feel the same way. It was, it was. I don't want to say difficult, but it, it was definitely different to to see someone else step into the role, and 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 like I said, uh, he just is so good in it. Yes, I, I I can't undersell that enough. Like Alden Eric is very very good as Han Solo, and I'd love to see more of it. I don't know if we'll get the chance or the opportunity, but uh, you'd like to think with Disney Plus, maybe it'll. You happen. don't think he'll he's going to show up in the show, the Lando show? I. <laughs> I mean, when I mean, does the Lando yes. show take place? Well, they haven't said much about the Lando show, other yeah. than that supposedly Donald Glover and Billy Dee are both in it, which means we'll probably get two different timelines, which is exciting, right? I think that's just going to be like Billy Dee being like, oh, I remember that time. And then, you know, your flashback. I, I, I'm i hoping it takes place in the same, like, Mandoverse for, for you know, that five-year right. five period after Empire, or Empire, after Jedi. Jedi, sure. That seems to be the sweet spot where they're going and they're telling all these stories so- for right now. Uh, what by and large, I mean, I guess, I guess we should walk our way through the movie a little bit. But like, what do you think of the opening of the film? Uh, again, I love it. You love seeing. I mean, I, seeing Corellia for the first time, a place that we've only mm-hmm. heard referenced, you know, a couple different million times in different Star Wars materials. But our first time yep. actually going to the planet, very right. exciting. Very um, exciting. The shipyards of Corellia. The shipyards of Corellia, very cool, really fun. But just, just you're sitting in the black, and you just hear the "come on, come on, come on," and the the spark. Yeah, and, and the speeder starting. Like it's, it's so good. Almost did it again. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good, dude. It's really good. <laughs> I love it so much, and it it sets the mood of a guy just flying by the seat of his pants, not really coming up with plans. Just let's see what happens. Yeah, it's it's funny watching the movie, the the movie, and kind of being like, yeah, I guess Han is sort of a by the seat of his pants kind of guy. His yeah. pants never really go right, do they? <laughs> <laughs> things work out for Han a lot. They work out. I mean, and, and again, th- sometimes when we've seen Han in, in other in other things, like like mostly the books, basically. Yeah, so, sometimes yeah. he comes across as more lucky than good. 
Yes. I like it. This movie is a good balance of, of luck and good. <laughs> of like him yeah. being skilled at the same time as lucky as well. Yeah. Like he's he's always been the best pilot. Yeah. Like he, he's that skill. That's skill. So anything flying is skill. And he's always been a great shot, at least in the books. Like yeah. remember the the EU, he was an excellent shot oh, with yeah. that blaster. Yeah. It's funny. So, I was actually going to bring that up too because you and I are also familiar with a different Han Solo origin story from yeah, the, from the love that story, the old that. EU trilogy they did, and that was love phenomenal. That. The uh, so I, good. If man. memory serves, is written by AC Crispin, who has since passed away. Um, but I, I think those books are still around. I can't remember the name of all of them, but it's like basically the Han Solo origin trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I know. Remember one of them's called like Rebel the Corellian something or the Corellian Gambit something? Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah. Something like that. They're a really good set of books. Yeah, it's it it's those those books did a really great job of of, of uh, connecting a lot of dots, like showing like Han and Lando's relationship, Han and Chewie's, mm-hmm. their feud with Boba Fett, showing why he he is like he is when mm-hmm. he meets Leia. Yeah, yeah, and like that's that's I was gonna bring that up with you too. I mean, it, we sort of still have a, a, a hopeful Han Solo at the end of this movie. We don't have like the kind of bitter, jaded one that we meet. In, in Tatooine at the cantina just yet. So, like, there's still so much more story to tell about this guy. And I do hope we get to that at some point, whether it's Disney Plus or something. Like, the, it's there. And I'm sure Aaron yeah. would be stoked to come back and be Han Solo again. I'd be so excited to have him come back and ha- have, it, you know, an adventure. Yeah. But, but and, go- you know, re- recast Princess Leia. Like, bring another Leia in. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. It, it, I mean, we don't need point, to de. Like, I'm over the de aging or, or bringing back former people. Like it's it's. I'm glad Mark got to come back mm-hmm. and be Luke. Right. And we're, like if they're going to keep playing in that field, I need a, a a new person to play Luke. And stop spending wait, spending all that money on that. You can spend it on other stuff. There's all those great photoshops of Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker. Look yeah. pretty good. Yeah, he's not making a, you know, he's not shooting right now for them. <laughs> yeah, he's got some time on his hands, right? <laughs> yeah, like have him do some loose stuff. <laughs> uh, but going back to the, to the movie though, the, be- the beginning of the movie though, one of my favorite bits is uh, the the confrontation with Lady Proxima after he's yeah. come back from that job and he's faking the thermal detonator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made it with your. He's like, you made a clicking noise with your mouth. <laughs> no, I didn't. It- and that that's also I, I think there's a delete scene for that, but that's also flushed out a lot more. Yeah. Like the the, the tunnels and stuff and the kids and you, you find out like they both grew up there. Like she, you know, Praxima basically saved these kids. Mm-hmm. Saved might be the wrong word. Right, yeah. It's more of a clever manipulation. Took them and yeah, it, it's still I mean, they're not in de- constant danger, I guess. But they they have to go out and all they do is steal all day long and bring back the goods. No, it's like a, it's like a Charles Dickens um, book. It's, yeah, thank uh, you. I yeah. was exactly I was like you know <laughs> that age old tale. <laughs> yeah, tale as old as time, song as old as yeah. wine, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's it, it, so it's it's got that f- sort of familiarity with it. We can we can kind of connect those dots. We've all read we've all read that Charles Dickens one, which yeah. his name's escaping me at the moment right now because I'm blending all seventeen of them together in my head. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so it's a familiar story. Then we get the, another s- great escape, the chase out of Proxima's yeah, lair to the spaceport awesome. in the speeder. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the moment where he's like, you know, watch this, <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they, they, they make almost it make it through when they have the ship inverted there. It's... Yeah, but when you're watching it the first time, you're like, oh man, he's gonna make it. What's your thoughts on on, on Kira as we're introduced to that character? 
It's like, I know they play her a little bit differently in the book. Um, how, how do you how do you kind of reconcile the, the the book version versus what we saw on the screen with Amelia Clark? I've warmed up to the Amelia Clark, Amelia Clark version. Mm-hmm. I did not like her when I first watched the movie. I was like, oh, this is just throwing a famous person from Game of Thrones in it. This is just what Terminator did, just putting her wherever. I don't was Terminator before or after? I think it's after. After yeah, whatever. It's all doesn't. I was holding grudges against her that shouldn't have been hold, held against her. Right, unfairly so. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. I was in the wrong. <laughs> She's very good in this movie. The character is great in the book. Yeah, and you you get more of her um, motives of why she you know. It, it, in the book, she's really kind of moved on from Han. Yeah, she's kind of more calculating, right? Like, oh, 100%. She's playing a game that he's not aware of. Right. And I, I don't feel that she's doing that until the very end well, when it, she sees an opening to kill Dryden. I don't and know. Dryden is great in this movie as well. I know, but. I, so charming. Like a charming <laughs> villain. You you could have me at hello. Don't don't get me wrong. I might serve you. know, you. Like Paul Bettany is 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 a is a charming, affable fellow that I'm I am a fan of. Uh, but Drayden Voss was going to be a very different character in in the Miller in Lord version before they got uh, before they got terminated to borrow one of your words <laughs> off, oh, the, yeah. off the film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Uh, he was in the Wire. He, with the guy with the guy from the Wire who passed away recently. Um, oh, Michael, Michael C. Um, not Michael C. Hall. It's Michael it's Williams. Michael, I think it's Michael Williams. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He I mean, Omar. To, yeah. Indeed. Yes. In the in, in Omar indeed was going to be uh. was was Drayden Voss when Miller and Lord were still in charge of the flick. Oh, I would like that. I'd, I'd also follow Omar. I was very intrigued with him uh, in this movie, but then when when Lucasfilm had the sort of revolt against Lord and Miller and fired them off the picture, brought in Ron Howard. They had to reshoot yeah. a bunch of it, and he couldn't come back for all the reshoots. He was doing some other movie at that point. So they oh, had to recast. Okay. It's, it's, I'm glad to hear that like they weren't disproved. They didn't like his performance or something. No, he just wasn't available. So so yeah. Ron Howard went to one of his one of his boys. Uh, you know, Paul Bettany's done a lot of movies with Ron Howard. Uh, and so that, that's how Paul Bettany ends up in the movie, basically, it was, was Michael Williams wasn't available. So why were the other two guys... Fired, terminated, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there, there's. What were they fighting about? Uh, basically, there was sort of a, a the the writers, the Kazans, the father and son team. Uh, you know, Lawrence Kazan, who helped write Jedi and and some of the other Star Wars stuff. I think he did the Force Awakens too. Him and his son wrote the screenplay for this, uh, and they apparently they weren't fans of the way Lord and Miller were kind of like improving a lot of stuff and not sticking to the script necessarily. And then that coupled in with like with the, the dailies that they were sending to Lucasfilm, where you know Kathy Kennedy and the powers that be were just like, I, I don't know what this is. Oh, that's yeah, that's not a great sign. Not a great sign, but apparently Lord and Miller work you know very differently than the typical Hollywood team, and their track record speaks of their successes. Yeah, but you know Star Wars, like I don't think you get a, a too too long of a, too much rope to hang yourself with in Star Wars, you know. And if you get the, if your screenwriters are mad at you, and a bunch of other things are going on, and and whatever, the, the, it was just decided that this isn't working. These people aren't happy. We aren't happy with what we're seeing. Maybe we need to go, like part ways. So they brought in Ron Howard to kind of put it all together. But he had to do Man. massive reshoots. So I didn't realize that. I remember him coming in. I remember it being a big deal that he yeah. came in and had to come in and finish it. And you know, Ron Howard, professional. 
made a Ron Howard Star Wars movie. Yeah. But again, like sort of his charms have sort of worked their way on uh, on me the more I watch the movie too. Yeah. You know, like I I think part of the, the first time I saw the movie is like I was really excited to see like a Lord and Miller Star Wars movie. And then I got like, oh, I've seen a Ron Howard movie before. And that's kind of what I felt like I got it, this time. First time watching, I th- thought it felt very safe. Yes. Like, yes. That was the word I used Very safe Star Wars choices in movies. Mm-hmm. And th- this one came out right after... Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay. So I, I th- this is a dark period for <laughs> Star Wars and films. For you, it was. Oh, yeah. It's not a great time. I, of the last three movies that came out, this one has really grown on me. <laughs> Faith, fair. I mean, the other ones are not aging in my brain well. I, I, I have quarrels with the, with the the last entries of the of the Skywalker saga, but yeah, I mean, this this one, and again, I sort of t- I talked about that. Like, you know, the, the 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 behind the scenes stuff was very public, very publicized, very talked about. How there's all these issues on the set with the movie and I think that sort of hindered it at the box office because people hear those things and they're like oh I don't want to yeah. go it's going to be a real piece of crap you yeah know, or whatever. it sounds like they could barely get it made it's not going to be great right so so that coupled with with, with um, again like you said sort of like a, a safer a safe choice director to come in and bring this thing home uh, I, I think people weren't as excited about it as they were when Lord Miller were first brought on because right. like I said Lord Miller have this track record of, of taking things that shouldn't work and making really great things out of them so somewhere there's a Lord Miller version of the movie that I'd love to see, but we never will because... Of, did they, shoot, they didn't shoot the whole thing. They shot most of it. Just most of it. But apparently Ron Howard reshot about 80% of the movie. Oh, so this is none of their... No, apparently a deal had to be struck um, with like the, the, the directing guild or whatever, like who was going to get credit for the movie. So, right. Uh, yeah. Because I guess you have to direct a certain percentage to get full credit as the director or whatever. But the, the some sort of deal was struck because Ron did like eighty percent. They would make Lord Miller like executive producers of the movie still. So I guess they still got their name on there somewhere for their contributions to what was on what 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 stayed uh, as, as like a producer credit or something. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know it, th- th- that whole that whole element's like, interesting. Was it more like comedy based or like more? That's what it sounded like. Like from, like from more the... like uh, ha ha slapsticky like Han like. Trying to get by, but it's in a goofy way. From what I've read, is is like yeah, there's because that of sounds like, very on Star Wars, and I get why Star Wars people were like, oh, this is too much. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I wasn't. I can get, I can get that. For the record, I wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just based off, off the various Sorry. things I've read, was it did seem to be that, but it also felt like they were going for more of like an Ocean's Eleven heisty kind of story. Uh, so I don't know, but I don't know. What that movie? That story's only worked four times, just in the Ocean series. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a great Ocean's Eleven style book with Han and Lando. You can go read it. It's by Timothy Zahn. Check it out. It's called Scoundrels. Scoundrels. <laughs> Thank you. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I've all because when I look at books now, I want to know if it's current canon or if I should waste my time and read an EU book I haven't read already. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I still love the EU so much and I still know it so well. That I have no yeah. problem dipping back in to read old EU stuff. I, I've read some old, like I read the Darth Bane trilogy, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I, I just reread the original uh, Thrawn trilogy. Nice. And it was really good, except for like you know I forgot about Luke drinking hot chocolate all the time. You're like, <laughs> oh get get that hot chocolate out of here. I don't need that. <laughs> like go drink Bantha milk or something. Come on. <laughs> what if <laughs> what if they had called it a uh, uh, um. 
Uh, what's that drink from DSA's now that you like so much? A Ractagino? Oh, yeah, Ractagino. I'd be fine with that. Make up a silly name. <laughs> I don't want Human drinks in my Star Wars. Human. Human. Yeah. Wolverine gear right there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. Let's get back to the movie that we got, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, one of the things that, I, again, one of, I, I've softened my stance on this quite a bit, but I, I'm curious how it plays with you. When the, when the Han is, is at the spaceport, that he's been cut off from Kira. She's been taken by Proxima's uh, soldiers. Yeah. Uh, and, but Han's still trying to evade the stormtroopers. Yes. Uh, and he goes to the Imperial Recruitment Center. And, and apparently he has, Han has no last name. So they give yeah. him one. How's that work yeah, for you? Hated it when I first watched it. I was <laughs> like, that's dumb. <laughs> it's better in the book. Not much. So, but it makes sense in the book because you real you know he grew up as a kid on the streets, a street rat. Right. He never knew his or his parents were gone. I think he knew his parents, but they were gone anyway. He doesn't know his last name. Like it's a, it's all a real thing. And the the loss of Kira because he thinks she's going to be like probably murdered. Right. So he's he's a little more upset than he's just like whatever. It doesn't matter what my last name. Like I need to get out of here so I can get back. Let's just move it along. <laughs> I don't think it plays great in the movie, but it's not even the the thing that bothers me about old uh, Han Solo lore the most. The gun thing that comes up later when it's just tossed to him right, as like a piece of trash, like, I just use this gun. When in the old EU, that's like his most favorite possession. Like, right. Don't touch it. Don't look at it wrong. We're, of course, talking about Han's famous DL-44 blaster. So good. I mean, iconic. 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 Yeah. It's it's one of the most famous weapons in all of sci-fi. You used to have a toy one when I was a kid. It was awesome. Back when, yeah, back when you I could have, have them painted fully black. You didn't have to have yeah. orange on the ends or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have I looked at them on Etsy? Like, people, like, 3D printing them so Ooh. I can have one behind me? 100%. They're a little pricey. How much are those going for? for? How much are those going for? Come on. Like a, like a good one? Like, yeah. like 150 bucks, 200 Ouch. bucks. Ouch. I know, just for something that's going to be behind me that yeah. three people on a podcast see. <laughs> but I'll have it one day. <laughs> one day, it will be mine. One day. Oh, my. Just now like Reagan's holding a lightsaber up on a podcast. <laughs> that's right. For, for I just wanted to show him, like, just like Darth Maul, <laughs> I'll put a lightsaber in this. I'm going to wave this around so the hologram. It's, real. <laughs> yeah. it's really scary. Lightsaber holograms are terrifying. Well, so so I've not read the, the 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 adaptation, the book, which is like an expanded edition novel. So so you have yeah. more. Uh, so let me ask you this question this way, because I I, I have I'll also like you, I have softened my stance on on Solo being named by an Imperial recruitment officer. I, I have softened on that. I it, the only part the time that it still bumps up against me is later on in the flick when he's on when he's you know on the on the in, in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon with Lando. Mm-hmm. And talking about you know the YT thirteen hundred freighter that they're on, and yeah. how Han's my dad, dad worked on him. Worked on him. I was like, well, wait a second. If you knew your dad, why don't you know your last name, bro? Or is there more to it? Like, do you no, have no, no. That's a good point, out, Tom. Uh, oh, okay. I don't. I don't remember that part of the book. It, it's. I thought you were going to go when he gets introduced when they're meeting Dryden, and he's like, "This is Han Solo," and Kira's like, "Solo." She gives him a look in the movie, like, "Oh, that's a weird last name," but okay. <laughs> Like yeah, it, she does. it works. Right. No, no, I, I want to know, because, again, that's the, the part where the, the first part is not jive. So. You know, it's like, wait a second. You're talking about your dad, though, bro. You mean? Dad never told you your last name? 
No, I think his dad like goes out for a pack of smokes. Or <laughs> Is it one of those right? situations? Yeah, he's like, eh, I got to get some Corellian smokes. I'm, you know, <laughs> working down at the shipyard, the manufacturing yard. I got to get out of here. And again, those are like those are basically like the two nits that I still sort of bump up against sometimes, but not nearly as much as I did the first time around. And I'm totally okay with it. It just sort of, I hear it and it just sort of strikes the ear wrong. Would but you have preferred it? I've moved past like- it. Would you have preferred if, like, Lady Praxima had given him that name because she found him alone? So, you know, he was solo. No, I mean, again, it's like, you, you know, when you. When or you it's sp- basically the same thing, but it's a character who at least knew him. Well, I mean, again, Han sort of portrayed as like a, as like a runaway, right? Yes. Uh, most runaways do know their names. Mm-hmm. Or, or they've made up a whole new identity for themselves to escape whatever they're getting away from. So That's it's true. just, he it's just sort of his own. He can make solo up on his own. Yeah, it's just sort of an interesting choice. Because it does sound really cool. Yeah, it does. And to think like some random Imperial dum dum gave it to him. Yeah. It's like, like oh. on the you know, on the the A end of Corellia. Because that, that's something that's in the book is the the one the Imperial agent they're bribing. Right. And the book is just basically like bribe me and get out of here like go through the thing put it in right right i don't want to get caught like get out of my face people are gonna <laughs> know just give me the money i don't care about you yeah <laughs> well i mean and going back to the books too or the i'm sorry the old eu even uh, you yeah. know i mean solo does have people but they cha- they've changed they've thrown that all out in the new canon yeah, there yeah. so you know no no evil cousin <laughs> that looks a lot like people. Han, but he had to go to I think. Oh, no, right. Now I remember. Oh, man. Yeah, Thracken Sal Solo. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> so, in some ways, the new canon's working out pretty nicely because you are disregarding some some uh, things you don't need in, Look, in, in Han's you backstory. Played, you played fast and loose with a lot of stuff. They had a big playground, they had to fill it up with characters. They could do whatever like, they um, wanted. Bosco Felia, he hasn't shown up. What we haven't seen a single Bothan. Oh my right? gosh, I got into a huge thing on Twitter about this <laughs> because I'm like, where right. are the Bothans? <laughs> I no guess they all them. died in Return of the Jedi. Palpatine yeah, killed them all. <laughs> they, they got those plans. When she said many Bothans died, she meant all the Bothans. All died. the Bothans died. <laughs> yeah, I, that is that is something I have noticed as well in the new canon. But hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've read three new canon books. They're not even mentioned one time as being anything anywhere ever. Nope, nada. Are there battle droids? Yep. For some reason, Bothans? Nope. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows what a Bothan looks like. No, the the new canon is very interesting, and, and one of the somebody at Lucasfilm was was quoted as saying that the the new look of the Bothans hasn't been decided upon yet. And I'm like, what does that mean? Why do they got to look new? I don't know. Whatever. I, that's I a yeah. that's a whole different hey. podcast. Yeah, don't worry. I'll come back on and we'll talk about random EU characters. Yeah, we'll ha- we'll do a special uh, episode. Of where have I'm all the Bothans gone? Yeah. <laughs> then we're gonna get Paula Cole and say, "Where have all the Bothans gone?" Yeah. Oh, that's, nice. Yeah. Nice. Come on. <laughs> back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because why would we not get sidetracked five seconds into the movie? At least it's Star. I like get Star Wars. It's gonna sidetrack us. Yes, a thousand percent. It- but so we so we skip Han to the academy, but we catch yeah. up with him as as infantry on Mimbin. Yeah. What do you think of this sequence? This is also where he first meets up with with Beckett and his crew. But how do you like seeing Han in the infantry? <laughs> I love it. I love like the this, he's like oh this is you know it's a real saving Private Ryan. You know, just a chaos fog of war. And you could tell he's already a bad soldier. <laughs> 
what what I really liked about it was is like we we're seeing like a very general imperial infantry here that sort of supports the the, the idea that stormtroopers are actually kind of elite. That that mm-hmm. even they don't get their they're they're not going to muck around in this thing. They're not they're not storming the beach at Normandy. They're not doing their that. Uniforms thing. are white. They're not getting in that mud. <laughs> no. No, so you the you have like Bill alone. Yeah, so you actually you, we're actually seeing like the real imperial grunts, you know, like the real boots on the ground kind of people. And, and again, you sort of get that mystique that the stormtroopers are are more elite than maybe we'd been led to believe. We have been told this, but we never really had seen the 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 the, the, the you know the ins- yeah the guy who's on the GI Bill trying to just get money for college. <laughs> you, you you assume that those guys become stormtroopers, like when you sign up. Maybe maybe you maybe level. you have to get through a certain amount of work like oh, yeah. battles and stuff and prove yourself. Yeah. And now we'll give you some armor. Yeah, but I, I I do like the sequence quite a bit. I mean I love how we open up and and, and you know it's just soldiers flying through the air, people exploding everywhere. It, it's it's really good sequence. Yeah, it's very good. But again, and then you get that hero moment of Beckett and his crew coming over the ridge. <laughs> yeah. Just, just twirling the gun, people. shooting people. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a really great moment. It's it's a great great way to introduce that crew, which again, in in, in you see it in in a deleted scene, but at, at a certain point, that crew is four people, and then all of a sudden, it's mysteriously three. I was going to bring that up because he's a much bigger part in the book, not a huge part of the book, ah. but he talks and stuff. He has and lines. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he talks in the book, and I was like, what? Oh, they just cut all of that guy's stuff out. Yeah, like him dying and like saving their lives. Oh, see, uh, the, in and, in the deleted scene for the film, like you see him die, but you don't. I, I mean, you see him fighting with them, but you don't see. I don't think he's. Like, oh, you don't see him die. Like he saves like Beckett, or like pushes him out of the way, or something. If I remember correctly. Oh, he might do that. And it, it's a little muddied in the yeah. movie. I, I couldn't tell if it was him or if it was Han who did that. Yeah, like he was like an imperial who was just trying to get off the planet. Okay. And you know, he was like, "Oh, I'll get." That's where like they get the code to, for the ship. Ah, see, it's, it's from this guy. More information that I didn't have before. Yeah. So, because yeah, that's something that always bothered me before reading the book is how where they get codes from. I, just I assume to... you can't just walk up to an Imperial vessel and fly off of the Star Destroyer. I mean, these... <laughs> you leave the keys in the ignition. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know I've read EU books and people are just rolling around in Star Destroyers all the time. But I assume <laughs> they had codes. <laughs> they did make it seem like sealing a Star Destroyer is pretty easy in the old EU. Yeah, everyone had one. Like, you weren't cool if you didn't have a bright red Star Destroyer. You were nothing. That was only Cornhorn's father-in-law. Come on. I uh, know. It, uh, it was a good cut. Uh, but I, I also like the way that Beckett turns on Solo and kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, you can't wrap me out for this because I'm going to These people oh, think I'm a it. captain and you're nothing. So, hey, guess what? Guess who's going to the pit to face the yeah. beast? It, no, my favorite part is Val is about to shoot him. He's like, eh, don't shoot him. Snap his neck. It's going to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and then just leaves it at that. You're like, oh, okay. these people are not to be messed with. And then he immediately tries to turn on them to blackmail it. Yeah. It's great. And again, you, you know, we, we have – it's just a, a unique introduction to this crew that we're going to end up spending more time with. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we haven't seen Rio yet. He's still disguised as a, storm, as a you know, infantry stormtrooper kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, love it. Love Rio. Like f- you fall in love with Rio immediately. And I could I could see him being much more comical in the other version of this movie. Maybe there's more Rio in the other version that's cut out. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's funny. I've never I I don't think I've come across many interviews with Favreau talking about it too much. 
But uh, you know, it's funny. Also, at this point, like Favreau is just like a Star Wars voice guy, you know? Yeah. Because he'd been on the Clone Wars a thousand times, and and then he does this voice, and yeah, it's like he he now he's running it, and now he's running now he's running it. Like, like apparently, you can start low in Star Wars and work your way up. <laughs> All you gotta do is make some successful Marvel movies, and you're you'll be yeah. in charge of Star Wars in no time. Yeah, be in Spider Man. <laughs> like, right. you know what? I like Happy Hogan. What, can he write? All right, good. <laughs> What Look does he think about Mandal- guy in here. Wait, he voiced the Mandalorian? All right, I like where this is going. Here we go. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I guess we'll just go to we'll, we'll, let's go to Han and Chewie. The the meeting, yeah. the debut, the 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 friendship, the last of the lifetime. Yes. Uh, That's right. The Wookie life, life debt friendship. Yes. Again, they never really talk about Wookiee life debts, though, do they? Does no. that come up in the book at all? No. See, I kept waiting for it. So I, I I wondered something. And so I'd wondered, be like, oh, that's where he saved his life there. Is that the life debt? Where he's like, I can't leave you now. No, he tells Chewie to leave all the time, and Chewie leaves sometimes. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about this. And again, you, like me, are an old white man. So our, our view on this might be different. We may not know oh, about the youth culture. Don't cancel us, please. Right. So that's what I'm asking, though. Is, is Can you not say life debt anymore? Is, is that stu- too strongly tied to, like, servitude? And that the Chewbacca is some kind of servant of Han Solo's. I, I I don't think so because Chewbacca is choosing to honor it. Mm-hmm. It's not being forced upon. Like it's not like Han's like, you know what? I heard about this life debt thing. You're gonna serve the life debt to me. This isn't like the last season of Cobra Kai with with Terry. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> with Crease turning the screws on Terry Silver every five seconds. Remember that time I saved your life in Vietnam? This isn't that. I know. <laughs> Like, just go in the snake pit next time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I just sort of, I, I thought it was interesting that, that Life Debt never came up. And obviously, you know, Disney's very sensitive to anything perceived as controversial. And so I sort of wondered uh, if they kind of wanted to hush up Life Debt, even though you they, and I maybe. get the, 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 the honorable aspect of it. And I think most Star Wars fans are smart enough to, to do that as well. But, you know, again, Disney being Disney was like, eh, let's I always saw it as that. more of like a samurai. Exactly. Well, and that jives with Star Wars, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the roots that's, of Star Wars. So it, it makes sense to us as, as like yeah. an honor thing. So now he just stays with him out of friendship. And I, I like that as well. I'm okay with that too, honestly. Yeah. Like, I just they don't curious. need a reason to be friends. They can just be friends. Like, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you at all. But since you and I are so immersed in the EU, we know about all about the Wookiee life debt. We just, yes. I just thought I'd ask you. When did your two cents? Well, when is that satisfied? Like, speaking of the old EU, like... Like, F, Lord, when? When is my time? Well, I mean, <laughs> listen. He's done so much to save Han Solo's life in that EU. Chewie meets an unceremonious end. <laughs> he does. Uh, have, he, he saves he, Anakin Solo. Yes, but he also has a moonfall on him, which I guess is like an epic way to go. Great death. Great death. <laughs> the only thing that could kill Chewbacca is a moon. Is a moon. That's no moon. No, that was a moon. <laughs> that Trust was a moon. us, Obi-Wan. That was Trust us. <laughs> That was I when the life debt was satisfied. I remember how upset that Chewie was the first to go, and that, that series is so good. <laughs> I remember when your brother's friend told us about it before we got to finish uh-huh. reading the book. And uh-huh. we, we were standing in line at minds. a haunted forest. <laughs> That's correct. And he was like, did you hear Chewbacca died? And we're like, hey, man. Spoilers, bro. Yes, tomorrow. <laughs> what are you doing? You and I were so mad. Ed, we have not forgotten. <laughs> Ed, love you. Love Ed 209. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that haunted forest. Like I remember that. <laughs> oh, it's it's seared in my brain as like, like one of the most traumatic alert, moments of my life. Spoiler. Yeah, 
<laughs> Before spoiler alerts, we had a spoiler alert. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Uh, so I really I, bring the Vong back, by the way. <laughs> bring Vong back. Disney Plus. Like, let's go. Giddy up. I mean, if you were more active on social media, you could start that hashtag and, and get it trending. All right, I'll get on with my producer. We like make this happen. Yeah, I don't even think he shows you the stuff I send to you. So I gotta <laughs> I gotta talk to him about that. He might. He might. <laughs> I don't know. Any, any <laughs> I really, cow. I, I really enjoyed this introduction of Chewbacca. I love them yep. in, in the pit. There's a great extended sequence of it that you can watch on the on the deleted scenes as well. But yeah, I thought this was a great way to, for these two characters to be thrown together and and sort of form yeah. this partnership with each other. I mean, my favorite of that is when they're in the shower after the fight. I was going to tell you. You just see the Wookiee feet come in. He's like, oh, man, come on. He's like, we couldn't do this. You couldn't do this separate? <laughs> yeah. Well, in the book, there's a scene later on. Like, they take that first shower, and then they get on the, the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chewie's like, my, my under first still messed up. And Lando's like, you know what? I'll let you use my shower, but let me get in there real quick and get my expensive soaps and things out of there. <laughs> you can use the trash. And, like, Chewbacca just pushes him out of the way and uses all his expensive soaps and lotions. Nice. I bet he, I bet he's got a really shiny coat now. Yeah. Oh, he, they said he smelled so great. <laughs> <laughs> but he used up, like, it was the last of the lotion in the universe. And it cost him so much money. And Chewie's just, like, squirting all over his head. It was brilliant. It was one of my favorite parts of, you know, it was a really, very silly part of a Star Wars book. Well, you'll enjoy the deleted scene of, of Han and Chewie having a snowball fight. I, I saw that was on there. I was like, man, I got to watch these deleted scenes. They're great. Unfortunately, I got a little busy this week and no, a little behind the eight it, ball and couldn't watch all the deleted scenes. I barely finished the movie. <laughs> well, again, you and I have both seen this movie a lot over like the last few I, years. I, yeah, well, that's why I was like, I can probably do this blind. And I did just read the book like a, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And again, that, that's sort of why we're doing this episode for Solo because like, since it came out, like I, I, you and I are both in the same same boat. Like we watch this more now than when it first came out. Like this movie oh, yeah, has yeah. really worked its way into our hearts and souls. And and the people who judged it after the after one watch, you're missing out. Go back. This has got so much fun stuff in it. And you know, I, I, another element that I, I that I think I've mentioned earlier was maybe I wasn't quite prepared for a a movie that didn't have like the super gravitas of the Skywalker saga or like of the, right. the impending doom of rogue one. Like, no, this is just a fun adventure movie. And that's all it needed to be. And that's all it, it needed. Was, like it, it doesn't need a lightsaber in it. Mm-mm. It didn't honestly need to be tied to the rebellion. Like it is. It, it doesn't need, it doesn't need that. I agree with you on that. There, there, you know, Star Wars has a propensity for trying to tie everything back together to, to the yeah. rebels or to start the death star or something, which yeah. is, this you could, know, not it, great. I, I, I think this stands as just a character building moment mm-hmm. of a, a, a known quantity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we, we just want to fill in the gaps. Like we know where he ends up. Yeah. We want to know how yeah. it, it doesn't, he doesn't have to turn down the rebellion in its infancy. No. To no. join it reluctantly again in six years or however <laughs> or whatever long the time until, Yeah. Whatever the timeline's going to be, you know, Han still has to go through his journey to get to that point where he's going to be in the cantina on Moss Eisley with Ben Kenobi and then Luke and everybody like there's, there's still a lot of, of, of stuff I want to see them fill in at some point, whether it's on a Disney plus series or another cinematic release, which, you know, you know, you know, we're, we're putting this on a May the 4th. 
And there's already rumors swirling there's going to be some big announcement for a Star Wars movie at Celebration at the end of the month. So we'll see. Maybe maybe Solo 2 is happening. Maybe finally mm-hmm. someone's finally going to listen to us. Oh, I, I think the movie we would get would be a Mandalorian movie. <laughs> you think they're going to upscale it? I, I think it's, uh, you know, uh, Bo getting her own movie. And it's just the Mandalorian Wars. You know, I, I, it's not that's season three. I, I'm such a I'm such a big fan of, of the 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 more serialized format on Disney Plus, where like you can spend more time with these things and let them yes. breathe in a way that you can't in a two hour two and a half hour movie. So, I, as much as I want Solo Two to happen, I want Solo Two to happen on Disney Plus. <laughs> so. I, I, I agree. I think that Solo One would have been a great television show, but it came at a time when they weren't doing TV. Yeah, they weren't there yet. But you could. This is the type of story that needs to take a little more time. And unfortunately, in a, in a theatrical release, you don't have it. It's you got to go. You got to do the Kessel Run. Mm-hmm. We, you got to defeat Dryden at the end of this movie. You got to give the the Coaxium to Infant's Nest. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Coaxium for a second here, because again, something that sort of bumped up against me at first was was the sort of the idea of like we're we're in a movie that's set before the original trilogy, and you're introducing a new substance that they've never talked about once. <laughs> this this yep. super fuel, mm-hmm. and I sort of have just sort of been like, ah, eh, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> How did you feel about coaxium when you were first told about it? I just thought, eh, okay, let's move on. <laughs> like it, it, you know, it's just that MacGuffin. It's just it's this thing the that thing starts the story. Yeah, I, I do know. wish they had figured out how to work coaxium into more things <laughs> at this point. Yeah, uh-huh. especially if it's so it, like, it, worth it, so much. Yeah, just mention it in like Rogue One. Mention it in Last Jedi, especially during that long a long a space chase. Be like, we're running out of coaxium. That's all you need to say. Well, I mean, we know the EU. You know, Han got in trouble with, with Jabba for dropping a load of spice, but yes. that's not necessarily new canon. New canon could have been he dropped a load of coaxium. Now coaxium. Yeah, you you could. Oh, so you're saying Han Solo is not going to be a drug dealer in the future? <laughs> I'm it's saying if Disney has a way, he will not be shipping drugs. He will not be mealing for Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I mean, at the end of this movie, he's going to go work for a gangster. <laughs> Maybe he draws a line at Spice now. <laughs> I mean, indeed, like Maybe, some wire stuffs going on on Tatooine. Maybe he saw. Know. Maybe he saw his Spice addicted parents die from Spice addiction, and now he doesn't want anything to do with it. And he's but, still going to work for John. <laughs> trying to make it work. <laughs> I know it's it's okay. Hansolo does some bad stuff for a while. He's, he's in a dark but place. He's so good at what he does that Jabba lets him get away with not shipping spice for him. He's like, all right, I'll get Bosk through oh, that he, for he me. He runs up bootleg <laughs> DVDs Bosk. for Bosk him. Bosk is a bounty hunter. You know, we don't know enough smugglers. Uh, that's the other problem yeah. with Star Wars. We know bounty hunters. We know smugglers. <laughs> we need to know more smugglers. Well, we know talent card. Yeah, he's more of an information broker. He's a smuggler as well. What about Dash Rendar? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Dash Rendar survived that uh, that escape. He didn't like, survive. We've the, not seen him since. He didn't hasn't survived the Disney purchase. <laughs> no, like Dash, it's gone. Like you see his ship blast out of Moss Eisley and then explode. No do one you, knows what happened to him. Do you even play Shadows of the Empire on your N sixty four? I don't remember what happened. At the end he, of it. he makes his escape out of after you know post Empire Strikes Back pre Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but we haven't seen him in forty years. He, he said he's, he said he's gonna go lay low on the other on the other in the. You think he can keep a low profile? <laughs> Not with that haircut he had. 
<laughs> Super 80s haircut <laughs> for a character created in the 90s. Any hoot. <laughs> so after we get Chewbacca, the, the crew's together. They're going to go do the heist. What do you think of the heist? Robbing the train. The, the, the oh. Imperial Coaxium train. I like the heist. This is also our how introduction they, to Infinite How are they going to the do this with three people? Well, I mean, you just uncouple the cars, right? <laughs> you uncouple it the cars. Took five you... people to uncouple. How yeah. did, how was Beckett planning to do this with three people? And and Val's at the front. Was Val? So, I guess she was supposed to come back after she, she set was, the charge. Yeah, she was supposed to make her way back, it, but she okay, got hit so it would have the been droids. the two of them uncoupling, right? It just seemed like a lot lot of moving parts for two people. Well, I mean, it's, hey, the smaller the crew, the bigger your cut, right? That's true. But if you don't complete the job, your cut is zero. Well, when Inva's Nest shows up and mucks around and blows yeah. up all the coaxium anyways. I want to know how they were getting their information. I would like to know this as well, my friend. I had this question uh, when I was uh, on several, basically for like the last two or three years. It's like, who was, who was talking to them? Or, you know, or was there a scenario where, like, I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they had, inform- like, uh, you know, somebody in uh, Dryden's yes. council or something. You know, that criminals. They know that a job is, he hired Beckett to do something somewhere. There, there is no honor among thieves. So, like, whoever's yeah. telling Voss this information is probably selling it to other people as well. You know? Probably. And, and whatever money Infant's Nest is making, they're probably paying for this sort of stuff. So, you know, I guess it stands to reason, but I mean, obviously you and I know how this movie ends and everyone who's listening knows how this movie ends, but I mean, you, yeah. you, you definitely view them as villains, right? Like Infinite Nest is like these marauders. We just don't know what they want the coaxium for. Yeah. They, they definitely come off as like piratey. Yeah. Is there any more, and especially the way they're dressed? You're like, oh, you can't trust this person. Well, I know, and you see that Infinite Nest mask, and you know, and it's it's a visor reminiscent of Boba Fett, and you're like, oh, we're kind of doing like a whole thing with Han and masked people. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the stun sticks, like the evil robots. Yeah, yeah, like the like from, a, uh, the Commander you know, droids the have trilogy, the Magna droids. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Infinite Nest has a great look. I. And for a lot of for a big chunk of the movie, I'm like, what are they all about? What are they up to? What's what's going on here? And you know, you're going to get all that information in the third act. And it, it never turned out to be what I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be a little bit darker than it was, because again, like you and I already established, everything has to connect back to the rebellion at some point in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so so we got sort of um, I don't again, sort of like the safe answer, I guess, instead of something something a little bit more twisted, which is kind of what I hoped for. But I was wondering if there's more information in the book since you had read it recently about Infant's Nest. There's a great ending to Infant's Nest at the end. There's something I like because it tied into Rogue One. Oh, well, I guess where, we put the spoiler alert out there. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert if you don't. I mean, maybe they're reading a book right now. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. But the the last thing is a, a ship lands, Saul Guerrero comes out. Ooh, Saul Guerrero. And you're like, oh, this is cool. And they, they talk for a second. He's like, there's someone I want you to you know help me protect and take care of. Oh, and Jen Erso comes out. Oh, cool. So when so when you know people are coming after her, figuring out who she is, Infant's Nest is going to train her and teach her, you know, the ways of the rebellion. Oh, I like that a lot. I like it. I liked it so much, and I was like, "Where is this novel or comic book or anything that tells these two people's story together?" Mm-hmm. Can I get that like yesterday? Like make it happen. 
Yeah, I agree with you. That it sounds was incredible. awesome. Yeah, that's really great. But the, there was more about it, it got a little baney with Infants Nest. She was like, no one knew who I was before I put on the mask. <laughs> My mother wore the mask. You know, was it, she born in darkness? A, yeah, she was. You know, she was born in it. <laughs> but it, it's she. She's. I I like the character much more in the book. But after reading the book and watching the movie, I like the character. Good character. More, more. But there's honestly too much going on in this movie for a movie. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, it, it's Londo and L3. Yeah, we talked more about them of yet. that. Yeah. yeah. Need more of all that. It, this movie is basically going to be the Snyder Cut. It's We need five hours to tell. Well, and that was sort of what, story. That was sort of one of my arguments. You know, the first time I saw the movie is, is like, there's too much in this. They really needed to like pull this part apart a little bit more and, and right. let, let it have some breathing room. I've, again, I've softened on the stance because I, I just I'm like, well, this is the movie, and I really actually enjoy all of it. So, I, yeah. it, what it, it well, is, what it is. But if you're gonna, t- what would you take out? <sighs> so that's like. I wouldn't take any of it out. I want to expand on it. Like, everything deserves to be there. Yeah, I mean, well, what I was going to say about the deleted scenes, too, is, is like, I like all the deleted scenes. I would have been okay if they were in there. I, I actually would have been okay if this movie was longer. Yeah. You know, so... So, so when I, I want more time with these characters, especially the original Ocean's Eleven crew. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, it, they're, they're done pretty quick after we meet them on Mimbin. They're they're yeah. disposed of pretty quickly, uh, pulling the heist off I, on the train. I, I think they're in this movie for twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, and and Val dies very unceremoniously. They could have done. I think they could have done that better. I wish they had done something different with her ending. Yeah, um, yeah. it was unfortunate the way that sort of came about because like that was an interesting character who I thought kind of got shortchanged. Yeah, and and I mean Rio's kind of the same way too. Honestly, like an interesting character who sort of dies before we need him to. Yeah, I would and, been... and he's funny and charming, and it, it's something the movie needs. Even though Lando is charming, yeah. and Han is funny. I mean, the, the, it, the, those two characters easily could have been part of the crew going into the heist on Kessel. Yes, you know, the... not everyone has to get out of Kessel. I get that, right? And again, if if you, if you want to make another knock on on it, I mean, Beckett's broken up in the moment when Val dies, but he seems to recover pretty quickly as he has as he has to kind of. You know, yeah, get ready to I, talk I think to he the boss. Box that up on inside. Yeah, and and that's sort of like who he is a little bit. But you know, when he's going to talk to to Voss, he you know, like you said, he puts it in a box. Yeah, and it, love this character. Like you know, they they mention he kills um, or a sing, or a sing. Great, great like, line. Is that in a comic book or anything anywhere? No, they haven't shown that. No, but it's such Can a great I, line where he's like, he's like, oh, I just pushed her. The the kill falter or the the, the yeah, fall yeah, killed the, her. The fall killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Kill folder. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, "Oh, can I see like, you know, a, a pre to Beckett? Even if they want to do that show, you know, I don't think Woody is really up for another television show." <laughs> I was trying to think if there is, maybe there might be a Beckett comic that I maybe I'm not thinking of, but I can't. remember. I hope so. It, it's I, I, all the characters they put in this movie. I would like to know more about, and that's a rare thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, and like you said, there's there's not enough time with, with yeah. the characters. I think is the real problem. Um, and again, but that's what happens when you when you make a movie with this much stuff in it. And like you said, I don't know if you can really pull it out, but I wish it, it, they had let it breathe more. You know, make it longer. Right. I, I wouldn't have cared. No, I mean, 
what is the runtime on this? Like two hours and like ten minutes? If that, it's like I thought it was like two oh two or something. It's, it's, yeah, it's on. It's on. And it's fast. It, it's a make, fast movie. Yeah, it. You're going from place to place. Make it three hours. We're not gonna notice. No, especially nowadays where it, like you know Guillermo del Toro can't make anything less than three hours. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, come on. I know Ron Howard doesn't care about editing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 All right, let's let's go ahead and take a quick breather. Uh, let 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 us expand ourselves for a moment, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk about Lando and L three and mm-hmm. Kessel. We're going to get into the the whole back, and I guess we need to talk a little bit more about Voss and Kira in their in their current yeah. configuration. So we'll do that when we get back. Yeah, no problem. I'll be damned. Hey, I'm just back. Unbelievable. Wait! Wait! Whoa, is that a Wookiee? Incredible. I'll say it, I don't care. This kid's growing on me. Wait! You know, we could always use some muscle on a job like this. Don't even think about it. I'm telling you, you will never have a deeper sleep than curled up in a Wookiee's lap. All right, so we're back after our, our break and a, and a small tirade about video games in between, and we're gonna pick Love up all of them. We're gonna pick up with I, I guess we should. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Kira and and, and Voss, but let's kind of get to like their formal introduction as they come to the planet. They're waiting for their coaxium, but obviously things have gone awry because Infant's Nest came and and tried to steal the coaxium as well. Instead, they just blew up a mountain with it. That was a cool effect, by the way. It looked really good. It looks awesome. <laughs> so we know coaxium, very dangerous, potent well, stuff. Well, they've been screaming about how dangerous it is Yeah, but is, now, the we whole movie. It. now we saw it. Now we saw it. I did like how, how, I think it's later in the movie, when Beckett talks about how coaxium just going to blow them all to hell or whatever. I was like, oh, I like that. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think of Han Solo, you know, when, when Han says yeah. stuff like that, you know, when he's riding on the Tauntaun. I guess I'll see you in hell. Yeah, he. I mean, you can see he's picked up a lot from the short time he spent with Beckett. You know, and it's funny too because at, at first, I, Beckett was a, a character I sort of, I sort of chafed on the idea of this Han Solo mentor character. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I came around like Woody's awesome. He's fun. He's he's likable. He's he's uh, he's the kind of fellow you could see Han Solo kind of connecting to in a way, wanting to be like, wanting to emulate yeah. in, in a sense. And yeah, but I, it's. And time together, more than like four days or whatever it is. <laughs> well, and I think that was sort of like part of my problem was, is like I always, I, I guess in my head, and again, it's my expectations. These are my problems that I took into the movie with me, was that was that sort like Han was sort of like a self-made man. Like he sort of figured all mm-hmm. this out on his own through trial and error. So the idea he sort of had like a, like a mentor character was, was a new idea to me that I didn't warm to initially. But I definitely have come around on the more I, again, the more I watch the movie and, and the more I just like Woody's just really a fun dude. He's just Yeah. I'd want to hang out with, with, with Beckett. I mean I don't Beckett trust him. Awesome to hang I out don't with. trust him, but he'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, he'll shoot you in a guard game. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're just out having beers playing the Valacord, he's probably pretty cool to hang out with. Pretty cool. And, hey, and you know, it seemed like he was really trying hard to teach Chewbacca how to play Dejeric. He like, was. He really wanted to give him the proper lessons on, on thinking three moves ahead and being patient. And then you see Chewie do, do what Chewie does, and you're like, well, this is why R, well, this is how R2 gets you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Beckett's lucky he didn't get his arms ripped off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, he was being so nice about it. He tried to warn him. <laughs> that like, probably infuriated him more. He's like, don't do that. Don't, you're not, don't, I told you not to make that move. Oh, you're making that move. All right, well, here we go. <laughs> During the prison escape, when the Wookiees are like attacking the the guards, mm-hmm. were you surprised you didn't see an arm get ripped off? 
I mean, there in the elevator sequence, you saw two get ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> and Han's very upset because that uniform would have fit him perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just think the adrenaline would have been flowing a little more at that prison break. There's so much gas. There's a bunch of Wookiees running around. It doesn't have to be Chewbacca's. Honestly, with, just... with, with Disney kind of overseeing everything, I'm surprised we got the arms we saw. Yeah, <laughs> it, we do see Chewbacca like spike a guard on the yes. head. Yeah, right. Like that was like, a good one. Yeah, that is, it was great. I was like, oh, that guy's now yeah. walking home. I mean, tonight. that was almost a tombstone power driver for you right there. <laughs> and that would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Rest in again. peace. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first. You know, going on on Voss's ship, we're, we're, we're meeting Drayden for the first time. I mean, we're going to mm. catch up with Kira, too, and, and see how different she is. And we're sort of getting our first connection to, to Crimson Dawn. Um, yeah. You and I, big fans of, of the criminal underworld of Star Wars. How does this work for you? You digging it? You, I, know, I know you said you liked Voss, but how do you think, oh, feel like about Voss. Kira's role I like in the, it? I like the, the floating palace thing he's got going on. It's like a raging party 24-7. Yeah, the, all the, apparently all the time. And that's in the book. They're like, oh, there are always people here just partying. Yeah, it's like a floating... Vegas yeah, party hotel or something, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, what, he's he's killing the governor, the governor of the, of, the, town, of the region, yeah, or the region, yeah, and that's just never talked about. He's just, no, he just wiping a he knife off. Kills that like, guy. That was unpleasant. <laughs> like, you know. it, it's Paul Bettany's so charming in this. The psycho, yeah. When he, you know, he's like, oh, I heard about Val somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It, somehow. Again, somehow. But somehow. you're like, criminals, you know, maybe, maybe they had to make contact at some point, you know, yeah. who knows. But uh, yeah, the way he sort of is like pseudo sympathetic to you or like, hey, how you doing, buddy? You okay, pal? Where's my, sh- where's my stuff? I almost, I almost slipped. Where's my stuff at? <laughs> <laughs> Give me that stuff you promised me. You know, so you know, he's, you know, he's a serial killer, psycho guy. Yeah. <laughs> But the way he's like, I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah. You need anything, pal? And then <laughs> just we'll, the we'll all be out of options. <laughs> will, right. Like the most <laughs> just turns calm on you threat mm-hmm. that's ever been given. <laughs> if you fail, not a fan we're of kill you all. And not a fan of excuses either. <laughs> not a fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the Voss character a lot. I, I, again, the part of me that, that's curious about the Lord and Miller version of the movie is very curious about what, what Michael Michael White would have brought to the role. Or Michael Williams, excuse me, would yeah, have brought yeah. to the role of Voss. And, and I assume, based off of his previous work as Omar and as Chalky White in Boardwalk Empire, he would have mm-hmm. brought a lot more menace to it. Because yeah, that's an, yeah, that's an yeah, intimidating dude. That dude is intimidating. Oh, a billion percent. <laughs> so Voss might have been a lot more threatening. That, that is somebody you do not want to fail. No, sir. Oh, speaking of failing, you remember when he was on Community for a couple episodes as a substitute yeah. teacher? It still had the yeah. scar in there. Ooh, no joke. Yeah. Yeah. That plant grows through the crack. <laughs> but he did right after the wire, I remember. But the, the version of, Paul, of Voss we got from Paul Bettany was, was really nice. I, I liked catching up with Kira and seeing where Kira's sort of progress from from being a scrum rat on on Corellia with Proxima to this sort of enforcer role in yeah, Crimson the top Dawn. top lieutenant. Yeah, like this is like a pretty big step up. But what I I'm sort of I, this may be a sort of a loaded question so so bear with me here. Um but like Han sort of goes back to that moment 3 years ago when they left and thinking they're going to reconnect right away. Obviously like you were saying in the book 
and I think in the movie, maybe a little bit more subtly, Kira has clearly moved on and is a mm. uh, a person with some plans. Yes, she she like she's still in the book like a, a slave. Mm-hmm. Yes, like Dryden yes. bought her right, and she wants to be free, and she knows that she can't. She still cares for Han mm-hmm. in the book, but she knows she can't accomplish her goals being aligned with him. Mm-hmm. So Hans it, is like a mean, Han is Han is a means to an end, a way absolutely. to get out from everyone under yeah. everyone's thumb. Yeah, she you know she very much wants to be in charge. And at the end, like um, there's like a she has a more of a conversation with Maul at the end in the book. Yeah, in, okay. in the book because he doesn't know who she is. Okay. Yeah, because he, he only movie, knows Dryden. Yeah, he's like, the, what's going on? In the movie, they talk like they like they've hung out before. Yeah, no, he had no <laughs> idea who she was in the book. Okay, interesting. She's like, you know, I, I'm this person. It is. He was killed by Beckett, who he trusted, and I think he even still does grabs the lightsaber, even in the book. Because why he, not? Yeah, why not? It's it's small. It, it's he carries it around everywhere. Yeah, as one does. I mean, once you know how to build one, you're always going to build one. I mean, why, right? why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, look, I got it right here. Ha. <laughs> I, I, I've always been intrigued by the Kira character. You know, I always hope to get more from her in, in a second solo movie or a series or whatever like that. And I'm sure you are aware at this point that they've decided to continue her story in the comic books, which has been very it, exciting. It, I, I've heard from living to, listening to Mando Vision. Oh, that's a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Informative. Yeah. And they, they tell me all about her shenanigans and stealing Han Solo's body. All right. Oh man, and again, it sort of underlines underlines what you were saying about how she's moved on, and it, it sort of actually when you when you were telling me this, it sort of helps connect those dots to how she is in that comic book series. Because again, Hans is sort of a means to an end. It's a way for yeah. you know he is a way for her to reestablish oh. Crimson Dawn and have a relationship okay. with the Empire. Okay, that was my question. Was she doing it to free Han? No. Out of front. Oh, she's doing it just for the cash. <laughs> Only money. It's, it's, the, it's the rise of Crimson Dawn time. And, you know, Han's just like, he's sort of like the pawn. Un, the unknowing pawn because he's frozen in carbonite. Doesn't even know what's yeah. going on. But, because you know, she sees an opportunity. She's an opportunist and a survivalist. I love that so much. I, I love the character. I want to see more of her. Yeah. It, it, it was sort hey, of... Give her her own show. Give, give us a Crimson Dawn show. It, it was really funny timing because shortly before the comic book series had started, uh, Amelia Clark, Clark had come out and said, like, oh, no, I have a lot of ideas. I'd love to do more Star Wars stuff with this character because she's awesome. And then this comic book came out and was like, well, they're doing it without you. And without it's still you. awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, what you can do? Write the comic? I mean, come on. Yeah. and But they... They could. I want more Star Wars TV shows. Yeah, there should always be on Disney Plus a show going on. If it's animated, you know, a Bad Batch, something like that. It's Obi Wan, yeah, Mando, Boba. It's like Kira now. It's, Solo. It's Lando. just like Poochie. When Poochie's not on screen, everyone should be asking, "Where's Poochie?" <laughs> that is a reference. Yeah. If you get it, yeah. bonus points. Yeah, <laughs> I will not say from where. Well, the internet is on computers now. <laughs> Another reference from the same show, <laughs> but yeah, I I really I really like the Kira character. But it is funny to kind of see her. I, I feel like in the first half of the movie, she is definitely more involved with Han, or at least more, um, <laughs> more at, at least, least she's given more the illusion surprised that, she's that he's there, right? 
she if, if she's manipulating Han in the beginning of the movie, she seems to be more emotional about it. She's much colder, I think, in the second half of the film. Yeah. Well, when they first meet in the at this party, right. he puts his hands on her face. Ooh, that's a weird move. And you can see her looking around and be like, how can I get him to stop <laughs> touching me, doing what he's doing? Right. It's a bad look for me. You know, she has, yeah, she has such a, an air about her. Right. And this guy is immediately going back to when they were kids. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's the thing with Han. Like, he, it's for, for him, three years hasn't passed. But for, for her, it's been a long three years. She's had to pull herself of up bad, from. Of bad, bad things have yeah, happened. Yeah. And her. I, they expand on that in, in the book, right? Like, you kind of get more yes, of like what's been going like, on those three years. Yeah, when she goes back to um, uh, Mother Shibubu. Um, <laughs> Proxima. Proxima, thank you. <laughs> Lady Proxima, not Mother Shibubu. <laughs> we had just got to reference the same thing over that, and over That's again. not canon. <laughs> like, it, it's The punishment is she's going to be sold into slavery, okay. and that's where she gets bought by Crimson Dawn and ends up with Dryden. Okay. But uh, apparently when you mess up so bad in these gangs, the only value you have is is to be sold off to the syndicates. Okay. So because, she, you know, Lady Proxima was so mad, she's like, I'm done with you. I'm going to get some cash. You're probably going to, you know, die or worse. You know. So Kira's had a rough, rough three years mm -hmm. to get to where she is. And she, she's definitely not that same kid who's telling Han to run. Yeah, I mean, although if she had just given the the coaxium right away, go through that door. If she doesn't hesitate and try and strong arm it, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Can I can I bring up an interesting side note with you real quick? Sure. So the, those characters, the, the the that that species we see, that Lady Proxima and uh, mm -hmm. the guy the guy Moloch, they're they're part of the yeah. same species. The um, um, yes. um the Grind Grind Grindelids, I believe, is the is how you say it. Uh, in the High Republic. On Corellia, a much more nobler species, as they're sort of like the keepers of like the clean waterways of the Corellian people. Oh, really? Yeah, like this book I'm reading right now, I'm like, oh, they're kind of like noble. So I'm like, what happened so, between now and then? Was it just the empire? During, I, I think it's probably like the pollution from the shipyards make it's the water dirty. Like that, yeah. So they don't have a job taking clean, like all the water's filthy and gross. Yeah, so they start to take in orphans. Or you know, again, maybe maybe it's not representative of their entire species, but yeah. you know, I, I thought it was interesting that I was, I'm, I'm, I'm introduced to these characters that I saw in Solo being very much more uh, noble and, and and for the the good of Corellia. How how much before is the High Republic? Like a hundred years before? Hundred, two hundred, something like that, somewhere in there. Okay, okay. So like one of them wouldn't be like Proxima, right? Doing noble things. Although, don't know how long they live. Kind of would like it. Don't know how. Long Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like. We're never going to see Proxima again. Or are we? Probably not. No, probably not. Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> Do you need more? No, she's a low level, you yeah, know. She she got some sun in her face like a vampire and was like, <sighs> and that's it. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> oh, my God. I... I know we're going backwards, but I actually really like the look of those of those characters. By the way, the the Moloch character and, and Proxima, like they're very interesting to me. His suit is really cool. How it automatically shuts down. Yeah, because they're very as we saw with Proxima, they're very light sensitive. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Very I, cool look. Very very unique. We hadn't really seen something like that in Star Wars, at least. Right. 
you know, yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to a big goes, talking worm or whatever, right? And it kind of, but it, you know, it kind of goes back to that sort of like Oliver Twisty kind of beginning, yeah, for for Han Solo, which again I I like, but I I'm a Dickens dork, so what do I, you know, of course I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's All a right. good, it's a it's a familiar tale. I think it can bring everybody in. Exactly, I think you, you're you right. get what what kind of story they're trying to tell at this point. All right. So well, I'm let's, fine with it. let's shift gears here a little bit again because now I, I want to talk about the next big duo for the for this movie, uh, and and that is bringing in Lando Calrissian, played by mm-hmm. Donald Glover, and L three three seven played by Phoebe Waller Bridge. Who I, I don't know if you watched Dirtbag, but it's incredible. I've heard it's amazing. Oh my god, she's so great. Um, what <laughs> this duo makes me laugh the more I watch their scenes. Every time I watch this flick, like I I can't get enough of them in these roles. Obviously, L three three seven has a fate that we're about to, you know, does not will not get, have a continuation of her story. But uh, Donald is Lando. Donald read is Lando. I, I've, uh, we can talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I got some notes about that actually. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. But I mean, let's just talk about about Donald as Lando, and 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 sort of taking on again, like like Alden has to step into like some really big boots. Yeah, iconic. Yeah, and. and just kind of takes ownership of it. Crushes it. it. So, Crushes it. So good. The scarves, the capes, all of it. The mustache. <laughs> calling him calling him Han. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Oh. It all works. We, we you know the the Sabbath game is great or Sabak, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. Is awesome. Both of them. And like I love that Lane is a cheater. <laughs> well, yeah. A card well, shark what... perhaps is a better way to turn term, term Yeah. It. He, you know, he Hustler. covers all the odds. Yeah. Never tell him the odds. He's <laughs> well, got him covered. <laughs> yeah, that's why Han doesn't want to know the odds because because Lando's yeah. cheating. <laughs> yeah, Lando's cheating. But when when Han gets the card at the end of this movie and gets the the Falcon, he still owed Lando a ship <laughs> from the previous card game. Why did he give him the Falcon? I know he's supposed to because we've seen him with it. Does that get, well? Does the first game become null and void because it was obviously like a, a Crimson Dawn kind of con, <laughs> and and so like he barters a deal via Kira to be like, nah, maybe not so much. Maybe his twenty five percent he gets yeah. covers and the I do, ship. I do love how his stake gets lower and lower as the movie goes on. <laughs> what? That scene when the, the boots on the ship, <laughs> the performance Donald Glover gives is hilarious. <laughs> it's He's great. like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you guys don't know how to, I'm going to talk to somebody. You guys don't know how to get this off. You know? Yeah. Like, like he didn't know the boot so, was on the ship. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. So, I mean, Lando was conning people just as bad as Han was conning people by having a ship. You know, like yeah. they're both playing each other, which is part of the fun about it, part of the charm of the characters, too. Um, and and again, I, I guess the, the most disappointing part of, of, the, of that dynamic in this film is, is like we've only scratched the surface of it because we never got another seek, uh, another movie or another show with them in it to kind of more fully explore their, their relationship with each other. But there's so much fun playing off each other. And I love their, that they're sort of adversaries. They're sort of, you know, uh, <laughs> they're just kind of going after each other. Lando with like, you know, a quick cunning wordplay and, and, you know, Han being Han, just kind of blunt yeah. and over the head about everything. You know, keep your eyes on your card. <laughs> All of them. All of them. 
<laughs> yeah, and obviously Hans, you know, you, you get the moment where you see the Millennium Falcon for the first time. And again, all the iconic stuff's happening. Yeah, and it looks great. It looks great. It's so white. It's so pearly it's white so and new. So yeah, clean. it's got that escape pod in it. What, what's Han been doing? <laughs> Not cleaning it. Not cleaning it. Get a cleaning droid. I bet there's a droid that'll do that for you. Yeah, but when you're running trucks, you don't got time to keep a tiny ship. You just got to deliver the drugs. So, uh, so I was going to say, maybe it's all just spice stains on the wall. On the wall. It's yeah. like tobacco. <laughs> Been a lot of parties on that. I just don't Falcon. think he's a great housekeeper. No, not so much. There's probably like fur everywhere. But when you, don't, when you don't have all those capes draping the corridors anymore. I love the cape room, <laughs> the cape room. so much. <laughs> I love the fact that Lando just has a cape room. <laughs> And and how do you feel about this sort of uh, this this idea this notion of of Lando as a like a like a pansexual being like there there's no gender or species that's off limits to the man. I mean, have you seen them? I get it. I get it too. I, I get it. Getting down with droids, getting down with everybody. I mean, I li- don't understand how the droid works. I'd like to know more. Well, like, can I click that "Do you want to know more" button from Starship Troopers? Listeners, yes. listeners of your podcast will not be surprised to hear you say that. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's pretty on brand for me. <laughs> any, any, uh, anyone who hasn't checked out the CoSG podcast, uh, there, there's been a lot of robot love talk. <laughs> I mean, I like robots. <laughs> who doesn't? I like sci-fi. I like robots. I like aliens too. You like L three three seven? Is uh, is you like the cut of her jib? She's a little too militant for me. <laughs> She's always like yelling about this robot stuff, robot this, robot that. So she I... reminds me a lot of HK forty seven. Sure, from uh, from Nice Little Republic nice video look. game. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that we're all just kind of meat bags to her. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That that's who she reminds me of the most, and it kind of endears her to me because she's her own thing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to please us. She kind of hates us and just puts up with us. Right. You don't. You can't order her around. She wants to be asked. In the book, she's super protective of the Falcon and how she's the only one who flies the ship. Oh, really? Yeah, don't fly. Don't try it. Don't try it. Don't fly it. She'll mess you up. Well, this is a very droid, a pro-droid podcast. So yes. I, 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 you know, you, you, you've heard, I, I, I love talking about droids as, as slaves of the Republic. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. I mean, it's bad. It's, every time you mention the clone army and being a slave, I'm like, oh, that's depressing, but that's, that's accurate. That's so, accurate. Uh, yeah. I, I sort of love the, these ideas that the, the, and again, in, I feel like in the last years, and it's not just Star Wars, it's, it's other science fiction as well. Like they, they've been doing such a great job exploring the idea of, of, you know, droid slash AI life, you know, and in, in, in Star Wars, you know, Star Wars may have been the originators because like those droids are imbued with so much personality that you can't help but think yeah. of them as like a living being. Right. So having L337 be this like advocate for droids rights, I don't know. It just strikes this chord with me that I just love so, so much. Yeah. And so when she's screaming revolution in the, in the it's Spice awesome. of Kessels, I'm like, hell's yes, let's go. Yeah. Can't get enough of it. I do like how it was just on a whim where she's like, just get away from me, are you tuning? Go free your brothers. Do something about it. <laughs> no, fantastic. It's, it's, it's how it is in the book, also. It's hilarious. It's incredible. It's a great performance by 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 a really talented uh writer, actor, 
uh, and a person who knows nothing about Star Wars and had no idea what a droid was when she was offered the part. <laughs> so, <laughs> really, no. Had she, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge said that she had never even seen Star Wars, so she had no idea what a droid was. So she just went in and auditioned the way she normally would, and they're like, "That's fantastic, we love it." She's never seen a Star Wars. I mean, you know, she's English. What are you gonna do? They don't have it over there. <laughs> hey, man, people, she's English. What are you talking about? People, like half the people in the movie are English. <laughs> people make choices in life. Maybe she's more of a Jane Austen person. I don't know. Maybe she's more of a Trek fan. I don't know. Oh, all right, all right. You're winning me over here. You know, maybe maybe she's. Why does it have to be one or the other? Maybe That's she what knows, I don't get. Well, maybe she knows more about positronic matrixes and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, more of a Doctor Sung fan. Oh, hit me up on Twitter. Let's talk. <laughs> I bet she's more of a Hoovian, really. She probably knows about Daleks oh, and Cybermen. That's, 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 that, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. She's the doctor with the scarf. She likes that one. I get it. <laughs> See? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, and again, one of those things, the first time I saw it, I, I, I thought it was like, oh, this is one of those things that's too much. When, when L337 gets, starts getting shot and destroyed, coming out of Kessel, coming out of the Spice oh. Mines, and they decide to incorporate her into the hybrid. I was like, it's like, Really, I need the the quirkiness of the of the Millennium Falcon's hyperdrive explained to me, but it, subsequent viewings as, as I've as I've more and more fallen in love with this movie, I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's do this. Let's get into it. The books really go into it more. Yeah, I've I've heard there's like a whole chapter or something where it's it's her matrix trying to figure out how to cohabitate with. If she wants to keep going and as the take, ship, yeah, because she has to sort of take orders and, basically and, from the from the captain, right? Yeah, yeah, and basically be a servant. Right. And the, the Falcons like it's not so bad. We get to see a lot of places. We go, we do. They take great care of us. Yeah. And it so you know then they're gonna merge into a you know a Mass Effect style right super AI new, kind of thing new being yeah. yeah and it's I really liked it in the book but I was like oh man this is sad in a way because because L three knows that she's dead and she's trying to figure out what happened. Well, right, and, and again, she's she's advocating for droids' rights, basically, and, yeah. and being their own individuals and, and, and making their own choices, and now she's going to have to kind of be subservient if she wants to yeah. continue existing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah the, I mean, that's kind of heartbreaking. And the, the, the Falcon convinces her to join. She's like, look how much Han cares about the ship and how much Lando cares about the ship. That's that's what it's about, that's and so she joins. That's, that sounds very interesting. I, I can't wait to uh, check that out at some point. Yeah, uh, it, I was like, this is so sad that LV <laughs> is like, you know, basically this floating, lifeless thing right now. Yeah, thinking about, do I want to go into the darkness, or or lose who I am, and become a whole different identity? Like LV or L three is gone. Right. And it, it's right. just the Millennium Falcon now. Right. Like, it's not the way it's done in the movie, you just think the Falcon's brain is L three. Right. And it's not. It's not. It's it's more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. But I also like it being L L three on either way you watch it, it it's it's fun. No, it it, it does ch- sort of change your, your the way you look at you know, when you go back and watch a New Hope and Empire and Jedi even it, it, it sort of changes the way you view the Falcon because you're like, oh, wait, now I know like a central component of the ship because I, I really like this character from Solo now. And it, it kind of changes the way you look at it. But if, if, you, had, if you had told me 
<laughs> like, hey, check this out. When you go see Solo, you're going to get the origin of the, of the Millennium Falcon's hyperdrive computer. I'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> be like, I don't need that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what do yeah. I care about that? Like, I love Star so Wars, what? but that seems a bit much. <laughs> All right. I, I want to throw something at you. So whenever Han or Lando saying, it's not my fault, it's not my fault in Empire, they're really yelling at LV? That's what it sounds like. Like, they're like, oh, my God, it's her screwing us again. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like, the Empire did muck about with the repairs. <laughs> the system can only do so much. <laughs> yeah. but, but Lando does like that line a lot. Uh, it's not my fault. And, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good line. Uh, one of my favorite moments, it's, it's too, it's far too brief a moment, but I love Lando recording like his, his biography. Oh, love it. <laughs> it. It fills me with so much delight. I love how just in love with himself he is in this movie. It's you amazing. That's going to be the show is how that's going to oh, start. It, it it's going to be, be chapter 907. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. But I want to, like, he's never released his book, but he's on chapter 3008. I, I'm 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 so excited. Of a book that's never going to come out or be released. Right, right. And, and it's just something he's been doing for forty years. <laughs> I, and I, then the story will be done. Oh my, we wrote it. Like hire us. Yes, I, a we thousand got percent. It. I actually want actually want dueling stories because I want to see Billy D doing stuff too. I want I want sort of like yeah. parallel times that sort of intersect at right. a certain point with like a past threat in the present or whatever. Right. Billy, like, as someone who's watching a I show know, with an aging I star. I understand. Billy's old. It, Billy, like, I want Billy to keep healthy, keep safe. I want you around. <laughs> CGI, take care of everything. CGI Billy. Oh, we're getting back <laughs> no, into just, the I'm DH and kidding, stuff I'm again. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, also... I want to get Billy paid. So, yeah, put Billy in this. No, Billy's got to be in this. And, and I, I hope that once Donald Glover's done melting our brains on the new seasons of Atlanta, that, so good that this right is the now. next project. Oh, my God. I, I can't, Great show. Like, blowing my I can't, brain. I can't even with Atlanta. I mean, that show's just, it's it's a different level. It's like kind three of different makes me levels. angry how smart he is. And... Right, except he's a super nerd and loves Star Wars. So he's the best. <laughs> I love him. I love him. It's just, I know I'll never be anything like that. <laughs> It's so. We'll, we'll talk about Atlanta on another podcast. Yes, a thousand. It's percent. great. But if it's, you're not watching phenomenal. it, get out there right now. Yeah, it does make you feel a little bit inferior that you can't come up with anything half as creative. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy with the Nandos in his house. I was like, you can do that. <laughs> I love Nandos. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> I can't even right now. You're gonna get me so far distracted. Oh my. Yeah, but I mean he's. The way Donald Glover works is just the way he sees things is, is just off the charts. So him being Lando yeah. is incredible. So more yeah. of that, please make it happen. Whatever this Lando show is going to be, I, let let Donald kind of call the shots on it because I bet he's going to do it right. He's gonna it's going to be let him have the vision, right? Let him think yeah. out of the box. Yeah. Let, let's see Star Wars do something different. Different. Do something different. Yeah, I think that would I think that shit would thrive. And yeah. it, it would bring a lot of a lot of new people to Star Wars too. If you let Donald yeah, just be like, "Hey, Donald, do your yeah. thing with, with Lando." Yeah. And if they want to do more Harrison Ford or Harrison Ford, more Han Solo, <laughs> eek. Uh, you know, a Chewbacca story. I'm fine. I'd watch a whole show of just Wookies running around talking to each other. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, a little off off base here, but like, if you want, if if they were to do something like Lando, and you have 
the two timelines with Billy D doing something and, and, and Donald doing something, I wouldn't be mad if he gave Han Solo one more hurrah. Or Harrison Ford, one more Harrison hurrah Ford. as, as Han Solo with Billy. That would make me very, very happy. Seeing them together would also make me happy. Yeah. As long as they're just sitting around a sabak table and Billy starts telling the story. And it's just five, ten minutes I, throughout I, this. I, I still physically hurt when I watch the, uh, Force Awakens and I get to see Han Solo stabbed by his son. It makes me so I, upset. I like the scene a lot. <laughs> it makes me I know I'm in a much. It, it's there's something I need to do. I don't know if I like. I love it. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. The emo- the emotional impact is there, but watching like one of your your childhood heroes get yes. gutted by his son is did I too much? Shed a tear in theaters <laughs> next to my wife. Of course I did. I'm human. I still do. Luckily, my wife won't watch me do it anymore. The dogs do though, and they're like, "What is this guy doing? Let's lick his face. That'll distract him." <laughs> but so yes. Uh, I, I guess I guess I want to say Billy, or I'm sorry, uh, Donald Glover as Lando is, is one of the highlights, and I wish he had more to do Absolutely, with the movie. absolutely. So phenomenal. Let's talk about one of Han Solo's iconic moments. This is it. We see it. The Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Awesome. They finally explain it to us. We, we Obviously, it's not a distance of time. It's a distance of measurement or whatever. Did I say that right? It's, it, 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 it's not... I think the, Lucas, Lucas's, Lucas's mistake was that he thought it was a, distance, a, a measurement of time, and it's actually a, a, a distance of measurement, right? Yeah, some, something like that. Yeah, That's, so it's a, a certain amount of ground to cover. Not an, a, it a, sounds cool in Star Wars, nerds. Relax. Right. So we get, we get to see it. We get to have it explained. I really like the sequence. I, I wasn't sure if they were going to pull it off. Because we've, we've seen it talked about in, in the old EU. They, they answered yeah. this a couple different times. Um, yeah. And, as, and then, so, doesn't Jana run it faster? You want to bring up Jana? Seriously, I mean, guys, that, guys out there, if you don't know, there's a Jana and Jason Solo, and they're awesome, who are the twins, and the, they have yeah. now been deleted. <laughs> deleted. Well, one was. Well, I mean, only one got deleted. One was. Two of them were taken care of before the series ended. R.I.P. Well, yes. Anakin. Anakin and Ben. Or, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, Anakin and uh, uh, Jason. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Darth Tyrannus. <laughs> Right? No, that's uh, Darth Vader. No. Is uh, that's, oh, no, uh, that's, that's Dooku? That's Dooku. Yeah. What was his Darth? What was Dan? Cadis. Cadis. Yes. Not nearly as cool as Tyrannus. <laughs> no, I've made something cooler. <laughs> you tried to promote him. I did. I did. <laughs> hey, good books though. Those are good books. Those are good books. They're they're fun. A lot of Mandalorian stuff in there, so I, I dig it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So does the castle run live up to your expectations? Again, this is the moment. L three L three three seven's dying. Lando's a little bit preoccupied. Han takes control of the Falcon for the first time. It's love at Chewy first sight. Chewie in the co pilot scene. Not at first though. Not I at know. first. It's Kira who doesn't know how to do gonna anything. Get them all killed. <laughs> it's gonna get them all killed because she doesn't know how to turn the shields on. And Chewie stepping up to the plate. It's that sequence to me brings it all together like i'm having a good time before this but now i'm like oh i'm watching star wars and i'm right. so effing happy it, of the 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 han and chewy thing it's probably my sa- second favorite new breed when they when they get back on the falcon in um force awakens mm-hmm. and it's like chewy we're home like, if you don't get goosebumps you're a monster oh tears in the eyes i mean yeah like it, it, that and then the first time chewy sits down and he's like you're how old <laughs> you look, you look great. great. All right. And then they just go, and you're like, yes, I get this is what we want. Yeah. 
And you're you're seeing like a like an older Falcon with 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 different style controls. You know, you got like those those weird cranky steering wheel things they got going on, and yeah. it's just it's such an exciting sequence. I mean, him flipping the switches, getting everything going, clearly knowing what he's doing, and and just being at home right away. Like he and the ship are like simpatico at this point. Yeah. And then Chewie just rounds out the the the, the triplet set. Whatever, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Like it, I know. It's, it's a dream team. The, the dream team's together. Yes. It's 92 Barcelona. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let's, let's win some gold. <laughs> Charles Barkley, hammer time. Let's hit it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, and then rocketing through the Maw, and you got the you got the Imperial Star Destroyer coming in at them, filling up that whole that void. Shot so great. So great. Yes. When it's just the Star Destroyer. And, he, and Han's like, don't worry, I flew with these guys. They're not finding any TIE fighters at us. They're not going to waste them. Then just TIE fighters everywhere. <laughs> and it's always a great thing about Han is just when he's wrong about something immediately. <laughs> it's You know it's coming, and it's always going to be amazing. Well, and then but he, that chase is yeah. awesome. And then they, you know, they leave the, the that little passageway. They go into like the unknown section, which, again, on brand for Han. We've seen him go into asteroid fields. So why not yep. go into like this gaseous void of colliding planets and meteorites and all these other things going on? Like, why not? It makes sense. He's the best. That's why. <laughs> He's got the sweet move with the landing gear. The, the, the blow up the TIE fighters in pursuit. Yeah, that, that flea from Back to the Future showed him. I get it. Yeah. I got that needles <laughs> reference. And uh, uh, um, we, we, the, 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 the turret guns. One gun. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. They're not quads. You know, the, 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 the ship has not been upgraded properly under no, no. care. Like Han takes care of that. He's like, we barely got away. Yeah. First, I'm putting some guns on this. I'm a drug runner now. I need oh, guns. You and the drug runner aspect. <laughs> this is I a... just like to try to sweep it under the rug. You... I know what you were, Space Pirate. You really want Star Wars Vice to be a show. <laughs> that would be pretty entertaining. It would be pretty entertaining. Get Michael Chiklis on that? Come on. Well, wait, is he part of the, the New Republic? The corrupt New Republic. Oh, of course. <laughs> Walton Goggins? Bring them all. Let's do this. Mm. Bringing Lemansky back and Ronnie. Lemon. Oh, Ronnie. Lemonhead. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Old Lem. Oh, he's going to die again with another grenade in his lap. Oh. Spoilers, man. Somebody <laughs> might not watch The Shield 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Did say 10? That's generous. <laughs> Look, if you know me about TV, it all seems like it happened yesterday. <laughs> the way our brains work, it was yesterday. It's, it's mush. <laughs> watch The Shield. It's fun. Or, you know, don't watch The Shield. Just watch uh, We Own This City coming to HBO, I think, next week. I don't know what that is. That's the shield, but the Baltimore cop version that the guy who did the wires doing. Oh, I'll, I'll send you a trailer for it. You it's know, uh, it's um, Barenthal. It's the Punisher. As, as someone who considers like Baltimore, like like a, a big part of his upbringing, which is I'm talking about myself and you as well. Yeah, me uh, as well. We, we Baltimore doesn't have a good look on TV between Homicide, Life on the Streets, The Wire, uh, and then now yeah. this show, <laughs> like, all written by the same guy. <laughs> No, how does Baltimore get tourist dollars? That's the real mm. question. Because like, who would want to go there after watching these shows? Cal Ripken? <laughs> Cal Ripken. Mike Messina? Even Andre Brower's like, I'm not going back there. I did Homicide for eight years. No thanks. Yeah, I, uh, yeah they don't make it look great. But the Inner Harbor <laughs> is pretty good. They got uh, the Horseshoe Casino now. By the way, did you just drop Mike Messina's name on this podcast? I did. You're fired. <laughs> no more. 
At least he didn't say Greg Olson. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I did. I mentioned him on a previous uh, Koji, though. We are way off track. I don't even Rick know. Rick Sutcliffe, we... Ben McDonald. I don't even know how Sydney we got here. Where are we? All right, Joe Orsalak, calm down. Oh, uh, I love Joe Orsalak. <laughs> Mike Devereaux. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, the Kessel Run, <laughs> something about it. A yeah, hyperfuel coaxium injected into the engine. So this is when we Love get it. Beckett doing the doing the doing the surgery on the hyperdrive. Yeah, or the, the the injection. And then, oh, hold on, actually, let me back up real quick. The creature that lives in the maw, that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. What is that? No one knows. No one knows. We've only they barely. Don't... Star Wars doesn't really do that very often. Where you know. The, no. Uh, Rebels talked, uh, talked they, had, they had like the space whales kind of thing. Ugh. Oh, whoa. I'd like, whoa. Hate them. Hate them. Whoa. Oh, you're I only, hate force sensitive animals. You're only mad because of what they did to Thrawn. Well, don't like that either. Yeah, that's why that, you're mad. Yeah, but I, I I don't like it. The, the force sensitive like wolves that are all over that show. <sighs> Honestly, force sensitive animals ruined Rebels for me. How I know it's controversial. That is controversial. That is a different Hate podcast. Him. So I'm gonna, I am going to uh, put a pin in that for another yeah. time because, uh, it, in my opinion, you're just wrong. But <laughs> we can talk about that later. <laughs> but, but yeah, the you're creature of the mob. Whales pretty... saving the rebellion is better. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> all right, all right, I'll let it go. Hey, Star Trek guy. This is all your. This is all your like show does. All your show does is hang out with space whales. Get out of here. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Like you're not one. You know what? Double it on you, man. <laughs> well, if anyone's not aware of it, this podcast is off the rails, but that's why we're doing it for May the 4th. Because yep, yep, like, let's yep. get this is when we get nuts about Star Wars. Like, why not? This is our day. Let's get nuts. All right, let's get nuts. <laughs> Michael Keaton style. <laughs> smash a base in your fireplace. <laughs> I'm mixing all the metaphors today. It's all good. If Michael Keaton were in Star Wars, who would he be? Now? <laughs> or, or like 89 Michael Keaton? I don't, you pick. 89 Michael Keaton is definitely a rebel. I think Michael Keaton now he's is Darth a Bane. little imperial. He's Darth Bane. Like, he's Darth Bane. Yeah, he's, oh, I would like to see him as a Darth Bane. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come or, on. Actually... In the books, there I can't think who what the name of the guy is who leads the Sith Academy. That's basically like in charge of the Brotherhood, and Bane ends up murdering him because he's not strong enough. And right, I can't remember now either. He's like, "You took your power because you you got thirty guys to beat one dude." Right, that's a dumb way to do it. You weakened <laughs> yourself. It should be the rule of two. Right, so like he would be that guy, like smart, you know, smarmy. But eventually be taken out. That's who I, I can't remember what the character is. Doesn't really matter. I don't, well, listen, I think we agree Michael Keaton should be in Star Wars. So Yeah. I mean everybody <laughs> should be in Star Wars. Give me more Star Wars. All right. Well let's get to the next part of Solo. <laughs> we 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 make the Kessel run in less than twelve parsecs. We land on Savarine. We're gonna refine the coaxium because again, we didn't yep. really say it, but once you take the coaxium out of the spice mines of Kessel, God, you know, we didn't even talk about the pikes. This is the first time yeah, we, the, we see the pikes. First in real time life. seeing the pikes in live action. Yeah, that was great. I love the pipes. Awesome. I, I, yeah. uh, uh, Kira does Kira, uh, the Tiras Kasai, which is a super deep cut. Like I still have that video game for my PlayStation. <laughs> like a, the that, Star uh, Wars that, uh, fighting game. Oh, uh, wait, not the one that came out with um around Phantom Menace. No, this is a well, maybe it was around Phantom Menace. That's the one with the Django cast. It might be. 
It might, it might have Django Cast in it, yeah. That's the PlayStation only one. I forget what. Yeah, game it was, it was PlayStation it. only. It was, it was Tears Carsey, Yeah, the, but they had they had another fighting game after Phantom Menace came it, out. Like it was like Star Wars wanted to get in, in on like the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat game. As they showed, <laughs> they wanted that action, and so they came with the Tears Carsey, uh fighting style, which had all of our favorite characters in a fighting game, which was insane. Mm-hmm. And then they bring it in, and like it's a, this the skill set that Kira has to to easily defeat this Pike. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I, I like awesome. how L three is just like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah, I mean, again, we, we we sort of even skipped the escape from Kessel because again, we're seeing the Spice Men's at Kessel for the first time. That's important. Yeah, That's a big deal. It's 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 something that in the EU felt like it was referenced every thirty seconds, right? Well, I mean, and Han had work had and, to work in the Spice Mines in the EU too. He, yeah. the Linear Falcon crashed there one time. It's great to see it. Yeah, it was awesome. And again, it's also you know obviously we talked about it in the past. You know, a great kind of like nod to 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 Dune. You know, to have spices mm-hmm. like this yeah. the illicit substance of the Star Wars universe. You know, uh, Lucas giving a little homage to uh, Frank Herbert in his works. Very but yeah, cool. to, to see sp- the the castle for the first time, to see the the slaves there, the inde- you know all that stuff, the Wookies that are being enslaved there. Uh, the stuff with Chewbacca is awesome. Like you talked, you talked about it, about the moves he makes, the power drives, the, yeah. all the stuff. He chooses not to go off with the other Wookies and to stay with Han. Yeah, and Han, the, who has the, to complete the mission, is you know he, they break off at a certain point, and and even Han's like, well, here, take this and go, you know, let your let your people out of here. It's beautiful. It's great. It's so good. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, come on. I know your I know your brother's rolling his eyes at us right now, but I don't care. He's dead inside. Uh, he loves this movie. Oh, good. Never mind that. He loves this movie. Ryan, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe both my brothers and we love this movie. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so glad to hear that. All right. So now we can get to back to Savarine, though. And this is this is the moment where, again, you and I are kind of agree that we don't like how how so much stuff has to kind of be tied back to the rebellion and and to like the main conflict of the OG trilogy. But this is where Infants Nest reveals themselves. And, and, and sort of like their plans to overthrow the Empire. We hear the whole story ab- about Infant's Nest and, and the, the people who had their tongues cut out and the whole thing. Yep. It, it, I mean, it works. I get it. And and again, my, my stance has definitely softened over the years. Yeah. And again, this is the moment where, you know, Han sort of shines. And it goes back to what Kira said earlier in the movie about how she secretly knows that Han, despite all he wants to be, is not, you know, is actually the good guy. He's actually the hero. Yeah. And you're, so, you're not a villain. You're, yeah. So you, you you tie a little bow around that. You're going to do the double cross against Voss, but Beck is going to try and double cross you at the same time. All I the elements his, are there. I love his double cross, where he's like, "I want to be the only guy with a gun when I do my thinking." <laughs> I get it. it. It's a great line, and it's delivered perfectly. Yeah, I, I don't know how much you want to get into like the final act of it all because. Again, it's a lot of moving parts, uh, I, but I think the third act really lands. You know, other, oh, yeah, other, yeah. Than, other than my little gripe about like, ah, we have to connect everything to the rebellion. But whatever, I fine. If that's the the, the card you want to play, that then play them, because yeah. this works in a, in a lot of different ways. Our characters come out better for their experiences, and again, they tease so much good stuff too. But the the whole thing with Beckett is fantastic. Again, the way he sort of shows up as Voss's like inside informant kind of guy that they're about to do this double cross, but Han sort of anticipated all of it because that's actually the coaxium in there. It's not fake. Yeah. It, it's great. 
It's great. It's it's fantastic. The 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 Kira uh, heel or face turn mm-hmm. with the sword is great. I love, the I, I love the final fight. I, I love the the infant's nest reveal that it's like the the tongueless yeah the, it's the uh, townspeople mine workers or yeah. refinery workers, mm-hmm. and they take out his whole crew. And you see like Warwick Davis makes a cameo. Yeah, uh, w- one of Sal Guerrero's, Sal Guerrero's guys is from there. Rogue One is there. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, did you get off that planet? Or wait, no, no, that's not before this. <laughs> you go to that planet, and that, you know that's. I remember thinking that in the theater. Like, wait. <laughs> Did you live through that, or did you go there to die? And I was like, "Oh, you went there to die." <laughs> there, there is a great one before we get to like the the you know all the big stuff at the end when Infinite is revealing themselves, uh, where where Hans you're trying to bluff them that they have all these like soldiers oh, on the so ship, funny. and when he snaps his fingers, they're all going to come out and take out Infinite. Instead, Lander just flies the ship away, <laughs> and then he just backs up. And is like. Uh, never mind. You do your thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and like uh, Woody, this shakes his head. <laughs> but I, I just love to think of of Lando looking out the window and be like, "Oh, those guys have guns now." Mount <laughs> just flies away. He's like, forget that money. Well, because I mean, we we didn't, you know, when they land on Savarine and Hans, you know, obviously at this point he's madly in love with the ship, and and Lando's all bandaged up, and he's like, "I'm gonna be on my ship, in my quarters, waiting for my cut." Yeah, <laughs> and it has no time for Han anymore. He's like, I'm over this, dude. Yeah, I'm over everything. Like, L three is dead. He got shot saving what was le- trying to save her. Yeah, <laughs> it's. The, I I really think this third act sings. Like it, it it's really good. It's it's very good. It it hits on all the levels. You got the confrontation. Voss gets killed, obviously. And then, but but Kira, you know, Han doesn't get the girl. Kira's got her own plans. Like we've known this all along. Han's been warned about this all along. Beck has been telling the entire time. Like you don't, don't trust know her. her. You don't know her. You don't. You know. Don't trust her. You know. Uh, I, I forget the one thing. He's like. He's like. Han says like. Well, maybe you don't know her at all. And and, and Beck is like. Well, maybe you don't know her well enough. And like that's a yeah. great exchange between the two characters about Kira. And again, like we talked about earlier with Han, just thinking that everything's the way it was three years ago. And and so yeah, it, no, it all pays off here. Yeah, it's so great to watch that ship just take off, right, and just go away. And I was like, "What the what the f?" <laughs> yeah, and then he immediately shoots. And then the the, the standoff with Beckett, and yeah. again showing that Hans learned. He was paying attention yeah. the entire time, but I love how he runs over to him at the end, and he's yeah. with with him there for the for those for his final moments because you know he he respects the guy at the very least. Like he yeah. knew he was gonna get double crossed. It's it's a really yeah, great moment. It's who it's who he is. I wish they had set up like Beckett shooting people first. So you know, it, it's something that he learned from. Well, more importantly, it sets up Han shooting first. Yes, of course, because <laughs> Han definitely murders Greedo in that bar. Everyone knows percent. this. Yeah. There's not that awkward like shift to the side McClunky. that you have to, you know, McClunky now. <laughs> I'm fine with McClunky. Like I know people get really upset about it. I was like. It's still worse. <laughs> it's still, it's like, still, it doesn't it's still matter worse. what they put in after. <laughs> it's still worse. <laughs> the way Han Solo jerks to the side when the bullet, or the the blaster goes off, looks bad. I, I it's listened, always looked bad. I listen to enough Star Wars podcasts that are that are put together by by really wonderfully talented people, uh, but who are also very much younger than me, and they they don't have nearly the problems that our generation has with it. And uh, you know mm-hmm. whatever that that's cool. I'm glad. Hey, 
listen, we're all liking Star Wars. That's all that really, really matters at the bottom line. That is true. But I still love my OG Han shooting Greedo first. No questions asked. Yeah, made him a badass. He's <laughs> such a badass. <laughs> also, Greedo was going to murder him. He and... was going to murder him. I mean, the gun was on him. It was right there on the table. Yeah, like, that was not going any other way. <laughs> no. There was a bounty on his head at that point. Like, Han had a price on his head. Which, is, by yeah. the way, is another great element of this movie we haven't talked about. Han learning how to live with a price on his head. You know, Beck is yeah. talking about it, how hard it is. And again, the Han we meet in, in New Hope, been living with the price on his head probably for a little bit of time. Yeah, it's just getting higher and harder to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And he's telling Jabba he's going to make it up to him. He's like, I got you, boo. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, and he's got this. He's got the crates of money. He's got the cash. <laughs> it's on hand. It is. <laughs> he's got all of Bail Organa's money. <laughs> oh, from a dead planet. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Those are the last Alderaan credits that are ever going to be sent out on that planet. Do we ever know what Han does with that money? Has that ever been revealed? Does Does he give that to like some like? I think he gives it back orphanage to the, for Alderanian children the, or something. No, I, I think he he funds it back in to the rebellion. For, to the rebellion when he comes back they're like we'll give you a medal <laughs> this this will pay for those medals you guys got <laughs> yeah you know we, they don't know they're not free i mean this money is going to pay for two medals two not medals three. not three chewbacca will get yours when you're dead but we'll clean your droids <laughs> we'll clean your droids that's the least we can do that's the least we can you know do. they're gonna look oh, real shiny <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but, yeah, so the movie ends with a great hope, and it's a great note, I should say. And then we go, we catch up with Lando, because Han's got to get yeah. himself a ship, right? Yeah. Don't know how yeah. Han and Chewie get to this planet, but they do. They get there. They, they Where's the hot game at? And L3's they, like, oh, I know, because she knows everything. Yeah, and, well, and oh, I guess it's a, that's a, well, but they don't have the ship. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a wrinkle. That, yeah, come on. <laughs> that's my, a pretty big wrinkle. I, I, my they thoughts are tracking here. Space force sensitive whale, <laughs> and that whale was like, "Don't worry, I'll got... take you to the Sabak game. Jump into my mouth if you want to live." Yeah. <laughs> that's from Finding Nemo. Okay, any hoot. <laughs> they get there. Never... It's cool. It's fun. We have a card game. They know Lando's got a card up his sleeve, so they take the card out of his sleeve. Yes, but he does the fake punch thing. Yes, from Empire. From Empire. Right, like they're mad at each other, and and does the hug? Yes, it, it's a great little folded in callback. It is. It's so good, and I love it, it works. And, and then, it gets him the card. And you get the card game. No, okay. So hold on. I ha- I had one question, and and again, this is me and you living in the old EU days. Uh huh. So I understand they have to have changed things, and and it, it's a movie, and maybe it's a little bit more. Uh, you know, it's it's a card game that no one knows how to play really unless you paid a lot of attention to the old EU where they really explained it. Um, yeah. Ba- my recollection was back in the day, there was a card called the Skifter, yes. which, which could change. Yeah. They seem to have not done that in this version, right? I believe so. I believe the Skifter is dead because now it's just the, the green whatever. The, the Psylocke or whatever. Right. The green Psylocke that gives you the idiots array. Right. Yes. That that is all from old EU canon. Like mm-hmm. the idiots array is the best thing. Yeah, and straight Sabic and, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's no Skifter card anymore. It was which also was like, was the like most a... confusing card game. Well, I mean, because the, the Skifter was completely random, right? Like you tap like yeah. the corner of it, and it would be like any card in the deck or whatever. So like it worked yeah, in your favor. It would, it would blow up your entire hand. So like yeah, it, so I was like, okay, so it, the Skifter's done. 
But I still want a, sab- a, a, a Sabak deck. I still want to learn how yeah. to play this game because, like, this is how you entertain your friends at a dinner party. Wait, you don't want to play uh, Pazic? 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 What's What's the one from the old Knights of the Old Republic? That card. Oh, game. that was Pazic. You're right. Yeah, yeah. it was Pazic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I played to Jarek if I knew had a hollow chess table, but I mean, I don't. So, and I <laughs> one day though, I ain't playing with the figurines. I'm not. Oh, know. I can't wait till you bring that thing home for your wife to see. She'll be like, you spent how much money on a chess set? Exactly. <laughs> but it's got monsters in it. Monsters? They're alien species. They're they're oh. people. <laughs> Are they? That one that's like... <laughs> we sp- respect all sentient life on this podcast. All right. right. <laughs> I thought they were supposed to be monster pieces, but okay. <laughs> Do you have I'm any- just saying, <laughs> she's going to rip your arms off. You think that's- a Wookiee's mad? I-, I am married to the smallest Wookiee on the planet. <laughs> I can't wait till you spend four grand on a chess set. <laughs> she does have the strength of ten Wookiees behind her, that's for sure. And two very tiny dachshunds who will lick up all the blood. Yeah. No evidence. <laughs> no evidence, exactly. I'll just bleed out in the shower, no one will know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what else I have to say about Solo. I mean, this is just uh, a I mean, great... Darth Maul showed up. Oh, we didn't talk about Darth Maul. You're right, we didn't talk about Darth, Darth Maul. Darth Maul showed you. up, and we're like, oh! So okay, <laughs> so I don't know if you had the same reaction I had in the theaters, but but as someone who's watched like the Clone Wars yes, and, and everything that was I going did. on, I was like, and everyone's like, again, I'm not. It's it's again, this movie did not do amazing over, over financial dollars. Again, it, it did really really well. It did very well for yeah. a movie. Yes. Yeah, it it made lots of money. Just apparently not what they thought they were going to make from it. But I was in a theater that was moderately full, and like I heard people around me sort of like gasping, like what. How is Maul alive? And I'm like, watch an effing cartoon. I, I well, can tell you how all this stuff happens. Not, not to throw anybody under the bridge, <laughs> but the, the woman who I'm related to by marriage. <laughs> oh, TK podcast reference. Went to this movie with me and said, he's dead, right? <laughs> and I said, uh, baby, they brought him back in the show. Don't worry. I'll tell you about it. You're not going to care. He's alive again. He has robot legs. Technically, he was never dead. Is, yeah. is really what they, they, he went like crazy in the basement, you know, yeah. and they found him. They're like, here, have some spider robot legs. And he's like, these are no good. I want regular robot legs. And he got those. And it's all good. And for they a brought while. Mandalore to his knees. Do you tell her yeah. that part? No. It's, I stop, it's, you can see the eyes glaze over <laughs> at some point. And you're like, oh, I, I should stop just berating them with star wars knowledge i almost called it useless it's not i need it you need it i need it that's why we're here what am i talking about you know but but yes a lot of people were not aware that darth maul had been alive for years yeah in the star wars universe i I don't want to say that i shrugged but i was like yeah (laughs) i was like everyone's gasping i'm like yeah Watch I didn't show. know he was going to be in the movie, but no. I was like, oh, my God, did they bring Ray back? That's all I was concerned about was that it was Ray Park again. I mean, Ray's, Ray's, Ray's thirsty. He's looking for work. Yeah. Well, give good. Him, give, and, let him be Darth and, Maul. And by the way, a really nice guy. The one time I interacted yeah. with him in, in, in real life, nice fella. Was it around Toad or was it around uh, X versus Sever? Ooh. Gosh. I don't know. I mean, like, he, but, was, he was in the Star Wars area of Comic-Con, so... Regardless okay, of so, all so that. it was probably around Darth Maul, but he was around Toad that same time. Was, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it was yeah, all that kind five. Of it was pretty good. He he was in Sleepy Hollow. Like he mm-hmm. had a good run for a while. He did you know he was just in town recently? Um, doing a doing a signing at a comic book store, and I was working. Oh, that awesome! Day. I was gonna go, I, but I was working that day, and I was like, well, 
shoot <laughs> that sucks yeah <laughs> it, that it, I'm, I'm a fan of his so it's i was happy that he was back in the, the outfit yeah or yeah. the makeup whatever you want to call it i mean between you know what he's brought to the role and then i i you know i meant uh, to, uh, i meant to double Star check killer well yeah. i was gonna say i meant to double check and because i thought sam whitweer did the voice i this. think he did in yeah. the movie I, I can't remember now because uh, uh um Oh, but that's exactly what I want Darth Maul to sound like now. Right. Well, I'm blanking on the name of the actor who did the voiceover in Phantom Menace. It's, a, because it's, what's, it's, it's uh, what's, Sean's roommate in Shaun of the Dead. Exactly. It's that actor. Yeah, and I can't remember his name to save my life right now, but he's yeah. also in Guardians of the Galaxy and, and – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, various what's a bunch of A-holes. Yeah. Yeah, he's it, it also does a very good Darth Maul yeah. voice. But, he has a great voice. But Sam Witwer's Darth Maul is now like, now my thing. And that's all I hear now when I, when I hear When Maul's you hear voice. Darth Maul yell, you don't hear Starkiller yell at the same time. Listen, like you and I are going to do it. They're the same person, maybe. Maybe that will be my new crazy uh, theory, is that Starkiller became Darth Maul because of uh, Darth, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Sith witches. It's a spell da- on Dathomir it. witches, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. See, I fixed it. You know what you, know you got to do? You got to challenge your brothers uh, for next May the 4th in 2023, that between now and then, they have to play The Force Unleashed. Yeah, so that they can have a discussion uh, about my it. My brother Rob has definitely played it, and he got me actually. Hold on. I know you can't see this at home. Oh, there's a little Star Killer uh, thumb drive. Yeah, it came with the came with the Fortune Leash too. Came with the game. Yeah, yeah I have one too. You're welcome. Was, You're not special. Yeah. Get out of here. You don't. Did you show it to me? <laughs> no pick, no proof. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I got but, all my Star Wars stuff. So, over so here. yeah, Don't you we worry about it. Like getting back to the movie, yes, we find out that Crimson Dawn is in fact run by Darth Maul. Is he still a Darth at this point? Probably not. He's just no. Maul. I mean, he's he, just Maul. I think he calls himself Darth Maul for a while. But he's just Maul. At he's this point. just Maul. But yeah, so we we find out that, again that we're 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 doing a lot of uh, bobbing and weaving with some continuity that I love. I love kind of bringing that together. And again, more elements that I want to see played with in either a Disney Plus series or a second film. Give them to me. I'm ready. Sign me yeah. up. I haven't seen Star you know Wars what? in a movie theater in a long time now, and I miss it. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to watch a Star Wars movie. Not this. I want this as a TV show so they can flush it out. I think the TV show is the way to go, the Disney Plus. Like, and, and listen, I'm going I'm to be audacious here, but like, give me like 10 episodes. Like, Really let this yeah. thing breathe. Yeah. Uh, movies should be more about like a, a greater conflict. Yeah. Like a, yeah. a multi-world war, something like that. Well, That's what Especially be because that, that seems to be what Star Wars cinematically is. And I, I, again, another yeah. reason why I sort of think this movie didn't do as well in the box office was because like that, that, that impending doom, you know, the, the galaxy at stake wasn't what was on the line in this yeah. one. It's a, there's, it's a there's not a big film. battle scene. Yeah. There, there's a jailbreak. Mm-hmm. There's, a heist. there's that, that, that little Saving Private Ryan thing at the beginning. Yeah. But uh, it's not that type of movie. It's and not that's the type of movie. Again, it's, yeah, it's, it's not like the, the fate of the galaxy as we know it hinges yes. on what Han Solo does. Which, which Star Wars does not have to do that it every time. It does not have to do that every time. Thank you. Exactly. I agree a does thousand not have, percent. Like, let's just tell a, a, an interesting story. Yeah. Yes. Like the Andor series that's coming out. Just tell something interesting. We know how it ends for him. Yes. He has a romantic kiss on a beach. And then is annihilated by the Death Star. Just all you know, all that stuff. I mean, he goes through some other stuff. Like he loses his his droid, 
his best friend. Well, again, the the, the period, we'll talk about that movie another time. The, I'm the, sure. I mean, the the period between the prequels and the original trilogy is so fascinating to me. Like, you can set a thousand different shows that have a, yes. a, a you know a, a dozen different tones. Like, you have yes. like the war story, you have the spy story, you have smugglers and crime lords, and uh, you know everything in between. I mean, the, 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 there's so many things you can get into. You know, just the average Joe trying to carve out an existence under the heel of the Empire is probably going to be an interesting story at some point. Yeah. Uh, like, well, give me these, and like, this is that. Those are the things that are perfect for Disney Plus. Yes, and give them all to me. I, I want more, more shows, please. More shows, please. And like I said, I think we're gonna get some announcements in a few weeks. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, it, I mean, probably by the time you're listening to this, announcements have been made, and you're like, "Hey, guys, all this great stuff's happening. We don't know." Well, again, maybe, maybe, maybe not, because I mean, uh, celebrations not to the end of May. Oh, you so, don't think they're going to announce something on the 4th? I don't know. I think they just want you to buy toys on the 4th. Okay, well, to... I'll do that too, but, you know, <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. Put I... out your hand and let's, I feel like let's I'll... get I... that Lando, Lando uh, shake at the end of Jedi. Oh, like... uh, you know what, though? I think you just hit something really great there. Whenever, whenever Lando calls him hand, he should call him Lando. Like that's yeah. a good, like you nailed it right there. Perfect. Lando. Lando. <laughs> oh my god. No, I feel like every time every time May the Fourth rolls around, I get up and find out that I missed out on like seventy five things to buy off of Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> again, I love May the Fourth, but it's a bit commercial. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast free, no money required. That's how Unless you want to be a Mando maniac. Well, then you're going to get it early, but that's different. But you you get it early, you get some special stuff, and you get to become an elite member. I mean, you get to hear like, me get upset about If you want to be a stormtrooper, we're the ones with the, the stripe on the helmet, and you're like, oh, how'd he get that? <laughs> and you can also hear me, like, or read about me renumerating about uh, Mr. Knight not getting enough dew in Moon Knight in episode two. <laughs> How they did him dirty. <laughs> He'll be back. That outfit looks too great not to come back. Oh, not to be covered in blood? Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. Woo! All right. Different topic. Uh, yeah. Any any final thoughts about Sully you want to get out before we wrap this puppy up, buddy? I've, I've spilled my heart out. I love this movie. You love guys should it. watch it, even if you didn't like it. Give it another chance. It's a lot of fun. And it's two hours. I, yeah. Like, it's going to fly by. It, this movie moves fast. I, I agree 100% as, as a person like Reagan when I left the theater, you know, five years ago or whatever it was. I, I wasn't in love with it. Um, but once it hit streaming and I watched it more and more, I, I am completely obsessed with it. I am part of the – I'm a proud member of the hashtag Make Solo 2 Happen movement. Though I oh, still want it, I, I still want it on yeah. Disney Plus because, again, like we said, let it breathe. Give me some space. Give me more yeah. and give me space. Yeah, and, give me jo- like a young job of the hut. Oh my god, all of it, all of it. Boba Fett, Boba Fett, bad guy. Come on, show me where the bounty hunters like like Han does something bad to get, get to piss off Dengar. Let's do this. Yeah, Let's get into Dengar, it. Dengar or saying, yeah, all of them. It, it, it's so ripe with potential. Uh, so yeah. yeah, if you if you didn't like this you, and you watched it one time and and you're like ah it was fine. No no no, go back. This movie's aged really really well in my opinion. And and uh, it would be a mistake to just think that one time was enough time just to see this. And you you know the story now. No, no, no. You will enjoy this. You will go back yeah. to this. This will join your rotation of films to watch. It's great. Yeah. It's great. It's all the buckets. <laughs> it's all the things. 
That's right. Uh, ten buckets or five buckets. I forget how many buckets you give out. I mean, the most I think, I think I've given out is ten, but I, I'm willing to give twenty. Oh, didn't for this you movie. just the last episode you did? I mean, I was recording this a couple weeks ago. You gave it like nine point nine buckets. Like you shaved a little bit of a bucket off for no reason, really. Uh, only just because you didn't want to give ten. That's you want true. to save I'm, that ten I'm for later. I mean, well, th- listen. <laughs> there, there is, there is one perfect episode of Star Wars television. And I know which one it is. And you probably can guess. <laughs> the holiday special. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, it, has to with, it has to do with space whales. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it is on Rebels, actually. The, the perfect Star Wars show is on Rebels. Uh, that one is 10. That's a, that's what a 10 is to me. Oh, I think I know. Yeah. There, there's a lot of close to 10s on there's, Rebels. There's a lot of close to 10s. There's a lot Rebels of close to As much as I, I bagged on the space, <laughs> that show is great. There, There's a lot of like really closes, and then there's one that's just no questions asked. All right, well, we'll talk after the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No spoilers on that. But yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll wait till the Friday <laughs> drops of Mandovision when he gets into Rebels in like seven years. Hey, hey, hey. We're going to wrap up season four of Clone Wars in no time. That's true. <laughs> but you're going to get distracted by things. I guess you're going to go back to two days. I'll talk to you later. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. After, after I turn this recorder oh, off, we're, we're, you know, don't worry. Don't worry That's about right. it. You guys don't get to know. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on May the 4th. I look forward to hanging out with you on your podcast for May the 4th. It's going to be right. really, really exciting. So go check out Reagan and his brothers on the CoSG podcast. Come on. It's still good. Uh, Reagan, do you got all, all your links ready? I do. Yeah, All up here, baby. <laughs> do it. It's at CoSGPod on Instagram and Twitter and CoSGPod.com for our website. You can find out all the great stuff we're doing. Let's see. This is coming out in two weeks. You could go back and listen to an episode we did about Gattaca. Oh, my God. <laughs> or if you're, you know, it's baseball season. We just released an episode a couple weeks ago, Major League. Only slightly offended I wasn't asked to be on that episode. Oh, you were, but you got bumped for Star Wars. You're a Star Wars guy. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So listen. Can't have you on every week. Listen to his podcast and come follow me at Mando underscore Vision, and I'll I'll refute everything they say on their show. <laughs> That's right. You you could also come right over to our page. Actually, it's May the fourth, isn't it? We did Phantom Menace with Tom, so come check I out guess, Phantom Yeah, Menace. I guess that's true. Like, it's it's happening. Like, like now yeah. available. Yeah. Like, go check out at Koji Pod. We just dropped Phantom yeah. Menace. L- let's stop acting like recording this, like, three weeks early. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes the undefeated champ's a bit of a moron. Well, you're like Goldberg. You're that kind of undefeated uh, champ. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I like I like the just burying people with the jackknife. But, like... I mean, you gonna put my hand through a limo and be out for six months. You, you got two moves. You got a spear and a jackknife powerbomb. That's it. Yeah. And I say, who's next a lot? <laughs> and you stick your tongue out. Yeah. Trust me, Tom. He's still doing that I bit mean, in 2022. You do have the tribal tattoo. I do. I do. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for hanging out. I will talk to you <laughs> extremely soon. And uh, I, I, gosh darn it. If these... Wonderful Mandivision listeners don't come over to hang out with you more often. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what they are either. Come on over. Bathe with us. A boosh. Bathe with us? That's weird. (laughs) What? Bask in our glory? I don't know. We're done. (laughs) We need to divert auxiliary power to the rear deflector shield. We definitely do.
do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Chewie, get in. I'll help Ander. There you have it, Mandovision Maniacs. Our special May the 4th episode dedicated to Solo, the Star Wars story. Perhaps one of the most underrated films of the Disney era thus far. And uh, it's just a real delight to, to go back and watch this movie and have so much fun with it. Uh, in, in, the, in the subsequent time since uh, recording the conversation with Reagan, I did have a chance to go and listen to the audiobook of, of the adaptation and found it quite enjoyable. There's a lot of extra little fun little things in there. They sort of, uh, uh, you know, s smooth out some of the, some of maybe some plot questions you might have. It's like, oh, why are they doing this and why are they doing that? And you get a little bit more elaboration, a little bit more explanation on things. Uh, so, I you know, if you get a chance, check out the audiobook. High-quality stuff. Mark Thompson doing a great job with those audiobook adaptations. And, of course, they would have the score and all the music and the, the whole shebang. And it's really, really nicely done. Great production value on those. So I recommend them if you have the chance and the opportunity. Uh, so, yeah, I, I know exactly now what Reagan was, was sharing with us. And I agree that they do add a lot of uh, – they do add some nice depth to things. And uh, sort of like that end cap, the little epilogue they do in, in the adaptation – uh, with with Infant's Nest and Jin Erso and Saw Gerrera. Again, if you're tied into the Rebellion, why not tie it into Rogue One, too? Why not? Let's, let's have a lot of fun with everything. So check that out when you get a chance. Um, really solid stuff. But yeah, this is a, a film that I have done a complete 180 on. I am uh, uh, one of the biggest supporters of this film ever now. I just love it so, so darn much. And yeah, I, I still... I'm in the camp that, that I want to see Solo 2 happen, whether it's a film, whether it's a, my preference would be a Disney Plus series. Uh, and, and we get to kind of explore more of Han as a smuggler, getting in good with Jabba. But again, bring in characters like Lando, bring in Boba Fett when he's a bounty hunter. You know, make make this universe really feel whole and lived in. It doesn't even have to center on Solo necessarily. Like you can do almost like an anthology kind of sore story. Uh, and then you kind of have all these these plot lines come together at the at the end. I mean, I'm I'm happy to write that. If if anyone's got any connections, <laughs> I will happily plot this all out for everyone. It would be a real treat, and everyone would have a lot of fun, and you would get so much Lobot in this in that story because I you, you got to get some Lobot action early on. All right, I, it just you got to. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. This has been an extremely long episode of the show. Uh, I say that knowing that perhaps. By May the 4th, I'll, I will edit some of this down. Uh, but I don't know. I really enjoyed this conversation. And as a special bonus show for May the 4th be with you, uh, I suspect you will probably get the uncut version of our solo conversation. And I hope you had as much fun with it as I did. Uh, because, uh, again, Ray is just a fun guy to talk to Star talk Star Wars with. So, hey, right on. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and wrap the show up, though. Make sure you're following us on social media. We are at... Uh, at what are we at? Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a MandoVision maniac, you can do so at Patreon.com forward slash MandoVision. You can join your fellow maniacs and gain access to sweet bonus content. Thank you to the Aspinel Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, Jeff's co-host in the Ring and Ear, a great music podcast to check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wagamer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company. Here in San Diego, 
and now in Baltimore, Maryland as well, the beer hop Brigadier General Jesus Beer Hops, the silent assassin he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram co-host of Come On, It's Still Good. I might have blown his cover. I think you know who it is now. Jig is up. But go check out Come On, It's So Good, a great music pod- or a movie podcast that you will be delighted by. So let's get out of here. Enjoy your May the 4th. I'm sure you're getting all kinds of sweet deals on Star Wars merch, and, and uh, probably a billion podcasts are out today. And we're so happy and thankful that you chose to download and listen to this one. And we will be back very, very soon. The countdown to Kenobi has officially begun, and it's only a matter of time. And and as as we get ready for Kenobi, we are wrapping up Season 4 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And yeah, it's a real, real treat to do that. So remember, we'll be back soon, and this podcast can only end one way. Oh, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Just did the castle run in 12 parsecs. Not if you round down, buddy. Yeah. She is a hell of a ship. I hate you. I'm gonna be on my ship, in my quarters, waiting for you to bring me my share. And then I don't ever wanna see you again. Never?